The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 269 for Wednesday, January 28th, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number is 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. As always, My Take Radio has strong language, so listener and viewer discretion is advised. All right, we are broadcasting live from the frozen tundra that is New York City with the uh, quote-unquote blizzard of 2015 behind us. Uh, A couple of things got to get out of the way first before we get into this week's show. Uh, First and foremost, as many of you know, uh, we were supposed to get quote-unquote feet upon feet upon feet of snow that was not the case. We got a we got a fair amount here in New York City, but um, not enough to definitely drive people crazy. Um, I will say, according to the the the, me- the measurements in in my yard, we got about a, almost a foot, give or take. Um, a lot of shoveling. Uh, as a result of that shoveling, I definitely have some severe sinus issues for some reason. So, if you do see me occasionally have to mute the mic, it is because I am going to sneeze off screen. <laughs> And don't want to leave you guys deaf, so uh, bear with me as I try to uh, power through these uh, sinus issues and give you guys the best show possible. Anyway, besides that, we got some housekeeping I got to get out of the way. First and foremost, MyTakeRadio.com will be merging with RageWorks officially this weekend. As of February 1st, any visit to MyTakeRadio.com will take you to RageWorks.net. Again, This is just a matter of consolidation, not doing away with the MyTake Radio brand, just consolidating it into RageWorks since RageWorks is the parent company for MyTake Radio and all our other endeavors. In addition to that, mtrlive.com will forward to a RageWorks live page so you will continue to be able, you will be able to continue listening to live shows as always every Wednesday and Thursday evening at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific so you guys can enjoy those shows in addition, we are we are expanding our stable of shows, and um, you know we have My Take Radio, MTR Behind the Mic, MTR Beyond the Mic, The Buried Show, 
which just finished uploading its season finale, the buried the 2014 Buried Awards. I recommend you guys check that out. In addition to that, we I just finished recording our brand new uh, Minority Film Report, which we are bringing back for 2015 in a big way. Uh, be on the lookout for that, as that will cover a film we recently reviewed on RageWorks.net, that being Black Sea, starring Jude Law. Uh, we watched that. We went to see that film alongside our colleagues at Royal Flush Magazine, and they were kind enough to capture some audio from the press junket. And I used that in addition to a review of, you know, my review of the film to create the brand new Minority Film Report, which we're going to be doing going forward. Uh, it's going to be a departure from what we used to do, which was where myself and Slick or myself and one of the other MTR team members would watch a film mystery science theater 3000 style and um talk a little shit and um you know it it worked and it was good but i figured in 2015 we really want to start stepping outside and trying to do not more serious stuff because that's not what we do here Uh, definitely not more serious stuff but definitely more stuff that's in tune with what you guys are looking for i definitely want to try and give you guys the best content possible And bringing back the Minority Film Report is just one of the many things we're working on. We're also working on some stuff with VGN, and VGN's uh, episodes will be on Rageworks very soon. Still finalizing and working the bugs out with regards to that. But like I said, MyTakeRadio.com will officially be rolled into Rageworks.net this weekend. Anything and everything you need will be available on Rageworks.net. Our social media footprints will remain. MyTakeRadio will be on Twitter still be on Facebook, Google Plus, and all the usual outlets, but Rageworks will take a bigger focus. As many of you know, Rageworks has its own fan page, its own Twitter. Uh, I'm Rageworks underscore Rich on Instagram. Our very own Slick is RWSlick on Instagram and RW underscore Slick on Twitter. So make sure you keep an eye out for that because Slick is going to be doing a lot more stuff with Twitter especially since he is working on his Dying Light review, and I'm sure that's going to get a lot of circulation, and you guys are definitely going to want to hear what he has to say about that game as well. Uh, last but not least, Rage the Rageworks team, alongside our, cal- our colleagues at Royal Flush Magazine, will be covering the 2015 Toy Fair in February. Make sure to keep an eye out for all our social media platforms for that. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to having a great time Uh, myself, Slick, my wife, Andrea, um, Danny from Royal Flush, and some of her colleagues are going to be working the show floor. We're going to have a special hashtag we're going to be using to cover all the day's events. We're going to have so much stuff, and we're planning so many cool things, and of course, tons of great pictures, awesome toys, tons of collectibles. If you're a fan of that stuff, if you have a closet full of you know, Marvel Legends action figures, or you're getting into some of the more detailed stuff that, you know, collectors are see- are searching for nowadays, definitely keep it locked here. We're going to give you some of the most kick-ass coverage possible, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it. That's going to be February 14th, 15th, and maybe the 16th, depending on how we uh, schedule everything out, but definitely keep an eye on all our social media platforms for that. All right, so what's on deck for tonight? We're going to be talking about this past weekend's UFC on Fox event. Um, Our very own Ben will be joining us to break that down along with the week's MMA news. We are going to talk a little bit about Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz's fight, which is this weekend definitely a fight that most people 
will not want to miss. This is one of those fights where it can go either way, and it has all the makings of being a fight that many of us will never, ever, ever forget. I kind of feel that this is our super fight, regardless of whether there's title implications or not. This is a fight that many fans have wanted to see, and we are getting those those needs fulfilled by the UFC giving us this fight. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. Of course, as I've said before, a lot of people writing off Anderson Silva, which they should not do. And of course, a lot of people investing a lot of energy into Nick Diaz as well. Uh, some of it good, some of it bad. But at the end of the day, two guys go in the cage. One guy walks out the winner. And that's all we have to look forward to this weekend. Of course, we are going to get into the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, and there's a lot of stuff I want to discuss. Um, a lot of arguments across social media with regards to the to the main event, the Rumble itself, the triple threat match. I want to dig into that a little bit. Uh, of course, uh, as long as my, my sinuses hold up, we should be all good for that. And, um, of course, we're going to talk about Raw and the presentation that WWE delivered due to the inclement weather, that and so much more, as always. We are always ready to take your calls, 347-324-3541, if you want to contribute and participate. Otherwise, feel free to hop in on the chat, mtrlive.com, gfqlive.tv, and we will definitely read your commentary on air. Also, I know that we have our Royal Rumble winner, uh, Mortis. If you can, please do me a favor and just uh, uh, put the winner in the chat so I can read their name out loud during the wrestling segment because I did not get a chance to write it in the show notes or just pass it on to Slick and Slick can queue it up and we can get that handled as well. Uh, definitely props to Lucha Lee for his work on the Royal Rumble contest and all his work and promotion leading up to that contest. Definitely pat yourself on the back. Uh, looking forward to shouting out the, uh, the winner on air. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, and let's get to it. Let's get this ball rolling. I hear Ben is on the line, and uh, yeah, that's it. Let's rock this. Time to talk some MMA. Let's get that ball rolling. As always, My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMAWarehouse.com. Get all your favorite fighter gear, collectibles, and so much more training gear as well at MMAWarehouse.com. Look for the banners on RageWorks.net for promo codes, discounts, and a ton of other perks. Of course, purchases done with those banners help us out and allow us to continue improving the show for you guys. All right, so I've been informed that Ben is on hold. Let me bring him in. Big Ben, Master of Black is the New Black. What's going on? <laughs> What's up, man? You tell me. We got a lot of crazy shit going on. We got Anthony Rumble Johnson detonating his fist on the side of people's heads. We got Anderson Silva getting ready to <laughs> rock and roll. Nick Diaz no show in press conferences. It is a madhouse out there. <laughs> shit is real in the field. Yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a crazy week. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's Let's dig into this UFC on Fox card. Um, a lot of good fights. I actually feel that this fight, this fight card was severely underrated, uh, given the amount of given the fights that were on this card, which is unfortunate because I really enjoyed a lot of the fights that we saw. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it got it got kind of wrapped up in that time is now kind of thing. Right. They had, they've had so many really big fights um, early in the year that one of them was somebody was going to lose out, and it happened to be this card. But uh, yeah, I mean this this is um, the main card wasn't as good as the undercard, but um, I mean there were some good fights on there. What fight jumped out to you as one of the favorites aside, obviously from from the main event and the co-main? Um. The Sam Cecilia Akira Corson fight. I'm uh, glad you brought that, that up. <laughs> I'm was, glad you brought that up. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mark, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name. Marquan, was it Calvonian or something like that? Ah, right, right, right. <laughs> Marquan uh, Amakani yeah. and Andy Ogle. Yeah, yeah. That that knockout was crazy, um, especially for it only be eight seconds. Yep. Um. There, there was a couple fights on here where were clearly mismatches, but that's what happens when you have, you know, fights in another country. A lot of times you get kind of mismatches. But yeah, there were there were some really good fights. So the Andy Ogle fight, um, a couple of the other undercard fights with good prospects, but it, it was it was a good card. That that flying knee knockout on Andy Ogle, I, f- I felt bad for him because he was part of this guy's highlight reel. But it was a beautiful flying knee. It was. It sucks the angle they were shooting that at. Um, Absolutely, because I mean I, I know what they were trying to do, and and I don't really I don't blame the UFC for this because you don't expect someone to hit a flying knee eight seconds into a fight like that. Absolutely not. But it sucked that that angle was so far away, and like row F. <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, but yeah, good for him. It was weird hearing Joe Rogan kind of be like, "Well, you know, the stoppage was 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 bullshit." Like, what? Who cares about that right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who cares for props? But you know, um, but yeah, like. Um, yeah, that, that KO was nasty. I like the uh, the Sultan Aliyev fight against Kenny Robertson. That was a ni- that was a nasty fight yeah. too. Uh, Robertson with a vicious left hook, and and you know Aliyev at that point just went limp, and it was it was academic at that point. Definitely a nasty nasty finish. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Robertson for looking like someone's shop teacher. Um, he's <laughs> <laughs> a really good fighter, and in fact, I think he actually is a wood shop teacher. Like I think that's actually what he does, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's um he 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 put on a good show. I mean that was a nasty knockout. I was not expecting that from Kenny Robinson. Akira Korosani's knockout was nasty too because he just stiffened up like a board and that was it. I was like, wow, that's a that's a nasty finish. Yeah, and it probably should probably be the last time he fights. I mean, this is I think the third or fourth fight in a row he's been knocked out. Yeah, there were rumors he might retire. Yeah, he, he, yeah, and even even the fight that he quote unquote won against Maximo Blanco is mostly because Maximo Blanco doesn't give a fuck about MMA rules. It need him in the head, so like, he still got knocked out. So um, yeah, like uh, he 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 looked uh, San Cecilia looked good. That's exactly what you expect San Cecilia to do to somebody. Um, and it's up for Akira Corazani getting knocked out. Well, I kind of felt let down by the Ryan Bader Phil Davis fight. That fight was uh, very underwhelming. And that's not to take anything away from the fighters, but I think they realized that each each other's wrestling ability was going to pretty much cancel each other out. So they figured we're just going to stand and hope for the best. But it kind of felt like Bader got the better of the exchanges. I almost feel like Bader's stand-up was better, but I also felt that Davis left himself open to get tagged a lot. Yeah, I mean, that is what the two of them are. Like, um at this point and I mean you saw like when they um <clears throat> when they 
because they're wrestling constantly with each other out and they weren't able to get each other down, and if they were, they weren't able to control the other, it turned into kind of a sloppy kickboxing match. Well, they're doing the most damage there. Uh, Phil Davis has not developed any sort of scary, uh, a striking game that you worry about. Right. Um, and Phil Davis, I mean, not Phil Davis, uh, Ryan Bader can actually knock you out. He looked, he looked better. Um, it was a close fight. Uh, I, I gave Phil Davis the second round, but that was it. Right. It was a close fight, but this is, this is what they, what they are now in the division. They're gatekeepers. Right. But here's, here's the thing. Did you feel that, and, and this is what I kind of took away from it, even though, you know, Bader striking was better. I did feel that Phil Davis, I don't want to say he phoned it in because that's never the case, but I just feel that he was getting caught by stuff that a guy of his pedigree, a guy of his of his standing in the division shouldn't be getting tagged like that on the regular, not by a guy whose boxing is, not to say that his boxing is rudimentary, that his stand-up is rudimentary, but definitely by a guy whose stand-up is still developing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... And it, it really shouldn't be developing this way. <laughs> I mean, Phil Davis kind of, I guess, I guess is what he is at this point. Like, he, he at this point, if he can't get you down, he's not going to do anything to you. Right. Like, I mean, let's just go back and watch the Anthony Davis, oh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Johnson fights. Anthony Johnson made him look like a punk. Like, he, yep. he straight punk Phil Davis. Once, once Phil Davis could not get him down and got hit a couple times, so there was basically running the rest of the fight. And he doesn't, there's nothing about his game that scares you, unless he can get you down and control you. And most high-level light heavyweights, he's not going to do that against. That's why I was kind of, I found it really kind of amusing when he was like, before this fight, which was really misplaced, when he was saying like, I could take John Jones down. Like, no, you <laughs> can't. Why would you even think that? <laughs> Like, you can't take Anthony Johnson down, like, but you know, I mean, he he is what he is. He's a gatekeeper, and I really don't know what they do with him at this point. Where do you, where do you feel Bader goes from here? Because I mean, is he is he two fights away from contention, three fights away from contention, or is he legitimately solidifying himself as that? You know, as the gatekeeper. Because I, it's weird because Bader's been a guy that came out of the Ultimate Fighter. He's had some highs. He's had some lows. But he's never jumped in front as somebody that the fans are really just actively talking about, and that's not no disrespect to him. That's just the way you know the way the nature of the beast, you know. Yeah, and, and with him, it would be really hard to let's say he wins two more fights. It'd be really hard to sell a him and John Jones fight when John Jones, before he was champion, beat the hell out of Vader. So Vader is a gatekeeper. Like I, I think, I think you give him. I don't maybe a Rashad Evans fight or something like that. Like you, you put him in, you give him a top five fight and he's probably going to lose it. So you just, you, you knock him down again. Like he, he, I don't think he'll ever win enough to get to the title shot. And even if, even if he got close, I just, I don't see how you sell that fight. Like what, what can you say right. to make people believe that he can actually challenge John Jones after the first time they fought? This is true. I mean, that makes that makes valid. You know, it's it's a valid point. I just feel that that division is so funky right now. Like I looked at the standings for that division, and it just I'm like, yeah, you know, some like the like even the rankings just don't feel natural. You know how sometimes you look at the at the rankings and you look at the top five guy. Well, correction, you look at at six through ten in the rankings, and you're just like, mm-hmm. 
really that guy that guy's number six yeah, you know what i mean like i look at it and it's yeah. like you know jones gustafson johnson you know rashad falls in there depending on who yeah you, you know what i mean like like it's a real funky layout of that division well, 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 one of the issues with that is John Jones beating most of these guys. And that kind of puts you in a position where unless you have an up-and-comer, it's just a bunch of guys that John Jones has already beat. Or just, like, There's nobody in, in, in one through, because I'm looking at it right now, 6 through 15, that you don't think John Jones destroys. And right. like, But you see the other divisions in lightweight, you know, you could, I mean, you can't really see those guys beating Anthony Pettis, but you can see a competitive fight of welterweight. Welterweight is the one division where, you know, everybody can. Everybody's a killer. Maybe run for the title. Right. Middleweight, middle, middleweight is looking like that too. But with like heavyweight and heavyweight, there's they're just, there's a bunch of guys. Like there's no new up and comers. Like I, I'm pretty sure like the average age of of the light heavyweight rankings is like 32. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's just a lot of dudes on here that are older and and on their way out. Well, but, but, but looking, looking past just, just the enigma of, of John Jones. And let's, let's, let's pull that out for a second. Let's, let's just look at these rankings as if John Jones wasn't champion, just an open, an open division. And and let's, let's pull him out for a second. Looking at that division Mm -hmm. from two down, do you feel that those rankings, according to the UFC, are justified? Um, yeah, like because <laughs> I'm looking at Anthony Johnson clearly would be the number one because he just beat Gustafson. Right. I, I don't. I Rashad Evans at four. I can see why someone have an issue with that, but right. then you look at the rest of these guys and like, who are you going to put over him? Right, and, um, and and that's a question, you know, too, in terms of ability, because it's like Rashad Evans has – I feel like I haven't seen Rashad Evans fight in, like, five years, you know? Yeah, he, he hasn't fought in a while. Like, I don't – I'm. when was the last time Rashad Evans fought? Like, that's what I'm saying, he because he's ranked number four. In a while. And that's what I mean. Like, you look uh, at that number. Fought, man, he fought two years ago. That's what <laughs> I mean. Fought, so, two years ago. But think about that. He fought yeah. jail roughly two years ago. Two years, mm-hmm. and the guy's still holding them. You, you know what I mean? Like that's why, like the rankings in the UFC are always a little sketchy to me. Because think about it: the guy fought, you know, two years ago, give or take, hasn't fought mm-hmm. since. How are you still number four? How is that possible? And sure, going back to what you said about you know the escalation in competition, about it being just a bunch of guys in the division. But aside from that, the dude hasn't fought. In in two years, and he's number four still. Yeah, I mean, mostly uh, you you can't justify anyone being over him. Like you literally, like, I know nobody that there's nobody. You look at those rankings, like yeah, he he should be over Rashad, and that's like, what I mean. Just, and, and yeah, and that, that's the problem. That's that is the issue. Like the the UFC, and, and it's not their fault per se. Like I nope. can't really blame the UFC for this. It's just like heavyweight isn't a division right now where there's been anybody who stood out as far as a uh, prospect. It's just right now it's just kind of stagnant. But that's a, that's a huge problem because think about it. You, you the the the, the quote unquote heavier divisions are supposed to be your your payday divisions, and that's not the case in the UFC's uh, landscape. It's the divisions under two hundred five that are yielding the most prospects, the most exciting fights, 
you know, the most the most level, not level playing field, but a playing field that you can look at and be like, damn, any dude that's trying to make a run for this title has got to fight, you know, five hitters at least, you know? Yeah, I mean, lightweight is a minefield. Flyweight yep. even, flyweight even, it's still developing, but, you know, you, you got to do a, a good bit to get, um, you know, in, in the discussion for that too. I mean, you know, welterweight is crazy and so is middleweight. I mean, it, it's not their fault. It's just right, right now, it just seems like there's no one really that's standing out outside of John Jones and Anthony Jones. Like the top three dude, the top four guys, John Jones, Anthony Johnson, Alexander Gustafson, and Cormier. They're so right. much better than everybody else, it's not even close. Right, but then you look at a, at a company like Bellator, uh, and, you know, it's funny because I almost feel like 205 across multiple companies just feels like there's a vacuum there i don't know if it's because just fighters are are becoming more conscious more conscious of their bodies or it's just not opening up but i've noticed that that every that every light heavyweight division is kind of not suspect but just regular you get what i'm saying yeah it it, it, just, it just seems like there's no one at 205 right now like it just seems like either Dudes are going to be heavyweights, and even with heavyweight, I mean, there's very few really great heavyweights yep. either. But either dudes are going to be a heavyweight or I'm going to cut down to 185. It just doesn't seem like there's any really great light heavyweights coming up, and it's it's unfortunate. It really is scary. And then the guys that are coming up aren't aren't there yet, or just haven't evolved their skill set to a point where they can make that run effectively. And and you know, it's just it's just really weird. And then. You kind of look at 185 pounds and you're like, all right, maybe some of these guys can make the move up. But that division is so, so deep and so competitive. I mean, the reason why I bring it up is, you know, Dan Henderson was fighting at 185 against Musasi in that fight. And yeah, Musasi won that fight. And you can kind of call that fight uh, not sketchy, but I'm like, eh, Hendo, Hendo got caught. But I don't think he got caught in a way that was damaging. So he could probably still make a dent in 185. But when you look at 185, you're like, yo, there's there's a lot of killers there. And even if they made the the jump to 205, I think even the 85ers that jumped to 205 would be a problem up there. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I, I can see Luke Rockhold beating some dudes at uh, 205. I can see Yorel Romero beating some dudes at 205. Yep. I can, I definitely see Chris Wyman beating some dudes at 205. So, <laughs> excuse me. There's some guys that could do some things up there. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like two or five, just seems like real stagnant right now. It's yep. just, it's nothing can be done about it. It's just sustaining the division at the moment. How'd you feel about the stoppage for, with with Henderson and Musasi? Because I kind of felt, I kind of thought he got tagged, and he did that. He did that punch out swivel when you catch a guy and punch out and knock him out, and he kind of did the swivel and then he caught himself. But it, 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 I've watched the fight three times, three different ways, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. It was kind of touch and go. Here's what I, I think. Um, I don't think it should have been stopped right there. Um, I, I, I know what the referee saw. I can understand what he saw. Right. I just don't think the fight should have been stopped right there. Like, you got to give him a, a little bit of an opportunity to do something. Right. Um, he did get hit. He he did, you know, tumble. But and I don't know. I felt weird, like, seeing a fight stop like that. Um, I agree. But, I mean... Dan Henderson is a forty-four-year-old man. Like he, he, he's getting up there to be fighting. 
and he he's got some hard miles on his body. So I could if if the ref took that into account, even though he shouldn't have, if he took that into account, I can understand that. But you know he you got to give him more time to fight. I think it was a bad stoppage. I you know what it is. I watched it. and I'm like I don't know, man, because it was kind of a glancing blow. But he kind of did the swivel like he got caught. And then he was still kind of defending. So I'm like, eh, he's kind of defending. So I kind of, I, you know, and I feel bad because it's like, yo, it's not like, like Hendo's not trying. You know, like he's not going out yeah, there. Like, I, like he didn't phone it in, you know? Yeah, like I, I agree. Like I feel like Hendo should have got a little bit more of a chance to fight back. Yep. But, I mean, it's really no that was That was a bad stoppage. But, like, I, I mean, he, he is an older guy and you kind of, if the referee took that into account, which, he, like I said, he shouldn't have, but if he did take it into account, I can understand why he was like, yeah, I need to stop this. Well, you know what it is? You got to also, and, and again, this is this is me, and again, it's a little bit armchair quarterback, but think about it. You got to also respect the guy that's in there. This is a fucking guy who had a war with Shogun twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like dude, you got to make sure that guy is dead before you stop that fight. As terrible as it sounds, but you got to respect the guy that's in there. And I think that's also about about just the officials involved. Like, sometimes you got to look and be like, yeah, you know, I can't I can't sleep on Hendo too much because this is a guy that's had some legendary fucking wars. So let me respect the guy and see if he's really out, you know? Yeah, I, I just feel like, yeah, like, like you said, like in that situation, and, and I feel like that for every fighter. Like, at high-level MMA, you got to give the dudes an opportunity to fight. Yep. Um, now, like in the next fight, I think that was a little too much of an opportunity to, to <laughs> fight back. But you you gotta find the perfect medium to to either give them an opportunity and not like not get them really hurt, right? And and not stopping it too early. But those those two fights for for Hendo and Shogun, dude, those are fights that knocked years off those guys' lives. I don't care what anybody says. That yeah. those are those are fights that. Those guys will be talking about it in the twilight of their career. Like, man, you know, Hendo's going to be like, that fucking Brazilian son of a bitch fucked me up. If they can remember it. If they can can remember it. Yeah, like, they, they, (laughs) both of them have taken some really bad beatings. And then, you know, you got Shogun, who was from Shooter Box, and the way they use the far, like, just the, those are two. Older dudes that are way older than their actual age. <laughs> it's like, how old are you? Forty four? You mean sixty four? Nah, forty four. Sixty four. <laughs> but um, you got the body of a sixty four year old. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. But uh, an- another guy who got, I think, got some 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 years knocked off his life. Alexander Gustafson against Anthony Rumble Johnson. Um, interesting fight for a couple of reasons. Gustafson. A lot of people felt that this was the I don't even want to say it was a, a, a John Jones simulation for Anthony Johnson, but when we're looking about st- uh, statistics and reach and size, similar. Not we're not talking ability, mm-hmm. just build and 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 size. And it was interesting to see how Johnson used his his fighting style to close the distance. Um, how did you, how did you view that? Because for me, I took it like Anthony Johnson's been watching some tape. And he knew the right way to close the distance. Yeah, um, I, I thought that he did a good job of. Anthony Johnson's game is predicated on pressuring you. Um, 
Like he he wants to walk you down. Yep. And basically beat you up. And he did a really good job in that fight of walking uh, Gustafson down, getting him to um, the position to land his punches. Uh, my my thing though is like um, one one the fight should have been stopped <laughs> a while ahead of time. They they allowed uh, Anthony Johnson to not brain cells off of Gustafson. Um, but Gustafson, I mean, uh, Gustafson, in size-wise, I guess you can see, say they're similar. Right. He fights a lot differently than John Jones. Oh, yeah, the, the, the fighting style I is going to be different. But the reach, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just training for reach. Like, mm-hmm. if... Like if I were if if I yeah. were fighting a guy bigger than me, I'm gonna train with a guy who's similar. You know what I mean? Yeah, and apparently uh, Johnson trained with somebody who's like six seven. Like he, right. he 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 went went to to it knowing he's gonna fight somebody taller. Um, I I think in this fight he did a really good job of closing distance. I think the problem that Gustafson came into because Gustafson fights a lot of times with his hands kind of low. Yep. And I think when he went for that push kick. Which you could hear them on TV calling for, yep. which was incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when he went for that push kick, he got caught, and Anthony Johnson could probably knock out an elephant. Like he he punches crazy hard, um, punches and kicks crazy hard. But um, I think he beat the better fighter, um, and I, and I think and I think with Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson when he fights, he has what everybody likes to say other people have a puncher's chance. He has a real puncher's chance. Like right. if he hits you, you might go to sleep. Like you might be the better fighter than him overall in May. And I think Gustafson, well, I don't know so much about Gustafson because Gustafson is a good fighter, but I don't know if you could say he's purely the better fighter. But I think like uh, John Jones is clearly a better MMA fighter. But if he, if John, if, if he lets Johnson just hit him, he can go to sleep. And like, I, I don't think there's any fighter who legit can just take a punch from Anthony Johnson and be fine. Well, you know what I was um, saying? I was saying after I saw that fight that I'd give anything to see a sports science feature on Anthony Johnson's punching power. Yeah, it's got to be. I'd love to insane. see that. Like, this is, this is, like, I can only imagine what it must have been like hitting, getting hit by him at 170. Like, I can, like, I mean, it's I'm criminal. assuming it was slightly less powerful, <laughs> but goodness like just the way he he hits dudes and like their entire mindset on the fight changes yep like well he fought a like heavyweight it, remember <laughs> yeah and he beat up andre alaski like, right he 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 hits you and your entire mindset of what you want to do in a fight against him changes and like i said i don't know exactly how that translated translates against john jones because i kind of feel like their fight would probably look a whole lot like the rampage fight um, with John Jones being way, way away from him and having a more kicking, way more kicking oriented game right. than Gustafson does. But I will say this though, and so yeah. the, you know, to 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 stop you there one second, the um mm-hmm. the the rampage fight, I can understand where where you see the parallels there, but I just feel Johnson is a more durable fighter. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I. When, when I say the rampage fight, I don't necessarily mean it'll play out, you know, him kind of quitting um, <laughs> towards the end and getting super discouraged. But I, I feel like John Jones' game plan will probably be very similar, where he'll be able to keep Johnson away from him better than I think Gustafson can, because Gustafson's game is so predicated on the hands. 
um, that I just, I just think that uh, like John Jones will be able to, you know, be able to keep him at distance with kicks. Um, maybe every now and again, throw some punches or elbows in there. But I, I just don't see. Not that I can't see Gustafson knocking him out. I mean, not Gustafson, Johnson knocking him out because I think he legit has a, a chance of knocking him out. I just, I just see like John Jones doing that kind of game plan, just keeping him away, kicking him to the leg, kicking him to the body, kicking him to the head, just keeping him at distance. Well, I t- I'll tell you this, and maybe taking him down at some point. Doing, doing it from, you know, looking at this fight from both outlets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it from Anthony Johnson's perspective first. Going into this fight with John Jones, I think Anthony Johnson is going to need to utilize that overpowering strength and work from up against the cage. I think if he bull if he bullies in, walks him down, there's there's success there in working more so the body than anything else. I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to to throw the haymaker and go for the knockout, but a lot of guys that fight Jones don't try and work the body effectively. If you've noticed, Mm-hmm. They either they either try and chop down the tree or they try and go for the haymaker. And and I just feel that, that working uh, offense against the body is just something that doesn't – it's not something that they're thinking of. I don't know why. I, I kind of feel like because it's difficult to do. Like, I, I feel like because of the way John Jones fights, you are so far away from him that it's kind of hard to get in a position to throw these body shots. Because, like, I mean, really outside of D.C., like, who has gotten close enough? Right. Who has put John Jones in a position where he, he has to worry about a body shot from you? But that, but using you know what I mean? D- like, no, I mean, sorry to cut you off. Using using D.C. as an example, though, D.C. working the body regard, outside of the outcome and outside of, of you know, just, just personal allegiances, D.C. working mm-hmm. the body was working, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I mean, my thing with that fight is like, and it was funny. Like, um, go and I don't think I called in that next. Yeah, I didn't call in that next week, so I didn't really talk about the fight. Right. Is going into the the end of the third round, even though John Jones I felt won that round, he looked so much more tired than DC, and we found out that wasn't the case. Right. But he looked so much tired, more tired than DC, and and I and I think Anthony Johnson. See, I've never really seen Anthony Johnson really work a body game. Right. Like and. And it, it's just, you know, with, with, like like I'm saying, like with John Jones, you, you're stuck so far out at distance that you have to fight a certain way. And though Anthony Johnson, I think, can knock him out, I don't think he has the type of clinch game that, say, uh, Daniel Cormier does, where Daniel Cormier, you know, can get inside on you, hit you with those short hooks, those, you know, those little body shots and little body knees and stuff like that. I don't know if he has that type of game. But, I, I mean, I, I can really see – I can see the fight playing out in that fashion where Anthony Johnson kind of walks him down and 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 tries to you know clinch with him and get him against the cage and everything. I just this is one of the few guys I can see an actual route that he can beat John Jones. Right. It might it's it's, it's as a relatively I won't say unlikely route. It, it's not the the most. Um, it's not absolute, but it's there. Is what you're saying? Yeah, but it yeah, but it is a a route that I can see him him winning. I I'll I'll go and look at it from from this perspective from the from a, a marketability standpoint, both guys really look forward to selling this fight, and I think the fans are gonna are yeah. gonna are in for something special. But I will say this: I think John Jones fighting Anthony Rumble Johnson, he's gonna get the fight that he wished he had with Daniel Cormier. 
Remember what he said in one of his interviews? He goes, I, I'd like to fight my equal. Or I'd like to fight somebody who, who's in, who has the capacity to be my equal. And I think Anthony Johnson has it mm. because he's over. He's grown into his frame at 205. He's established uh, a solid, uh, well, not even a solid, a successful striking game. On top of the fact that I just feel that Anthony Johnson has more strength that he just doesn't use. And that's what's going to make this fight yeah. very interesting. Because I think Jones is going to Jones is going to try and clinch, maybe use his knees, try and use a little bit of the of the Muay Thai game, and he's going to deal with a guy that may show that may shrug him off. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I, we won't know what it looks like until we actually see the fight. Because um, I, I kind of thought that DC would be physically stronger than him. Like I I legit thought Daniel Cormier would be able to kind of do that, like shuck him off a little bit you know, make it a kind of fight where John Jones doesn't have the strength advantage. So we'll see once the fight gets here. I do think they at least have comparable strength. Like, I don't think John Jones is straight up stronger than him. No, but but I it's mean, two different types of strength. Um, like we were talking about what you just said about knocking out an elephant. It's like, it's like there's guys that have all-around strength. Then there are guys that have never touched a weight, go in there and warm up with two and a quarter, and you and your eyes just fall out of their head. You know what I mean? Like when we were joking about yeah. a couple of months back, you were like, "Yo, grown man strength," you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of in the in the yeah. capacity that we're at, and and I think in his case, he he's a, he's embraced his frame. You know, his frame has adjusted to carrying weight for two hundred five to cutting accurately to two hundred five, and not only that, but just being able to not exert enough energy because even in that fight with Gustafson, even though it was a short fight. He he still looked fresh, you know, for carrying that kind of size. Yeah, um, I, I think he's an amazing athlete. Like I, I really, really look forward to what this fight looks like because yep. I mean, it can either be like like I said, it could either end up looking a lot like the Rampage fight, or it could end up looking like <laughs> like something we haven't seen before. Like I think it'll be a really interesting fight to see play out. I I do think John Jones is a better overall MMA fighter, but. I mean, you you got a guy like Anthony Johnson, like like we said, can probably knock out an elephant. Like he yep. he just has that kind of power. Yep, it's it's going to be a fight that's going to be booked based on the fact that they're they're going to probably build do the build uh, on a guy overcoming the odds, you know, leaving the organization, coming back, adjusting to this new division, and just steamrolling dudes. And you know, I Joe Rogan goes with the hard sell, but I look at it from the standpoint that this is this is a guy, and you and I have been doing the shows together a long time and you know for a fact mm -hmm. this is a guy that fought at 170 <laughs> barely uh, again ba barely, <laughs> barely but but again but but again <laughs> 170 and it, and it's funny because cuz Mortis says um you know Anthony Johnson's enemy was the scale and eye pokes <laughs> and it's true the scale and eye pokes were his enemy but when the guy finally realized, like, yo, I can't do this 170 shit. I can't do this 185 shit. Let me fight where I'm supposed to be. And that's what it is. Sometimes you just need that wake-up call. And boy, did he get it. And boy, did he did that wake-up call lead to a lot of dudes going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks so much better at this weight class. It's insane. And, and it's funny, like, you hear MMA media say, like, he was, like, a super... He was an asshole when he was at 170. 
Right. And like he's now like super nice at two oh five. Because he doesn't have to starve himself anymore. That's it. <laughs> like, he so I mean, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the fight. I cannot wait to see how this fight looks, how it it, it actually turns out looking. Yeah, and, and and all signs are pointing to us not having to wait too long to see it. Yeah, I'm hearing May. Yeah, I'm hearing I, I am hearing May, which is gonna be very interesting. Uh there's a couple other fights I wanted to discuss. I just wanted to point out the uh the bonuses that got handed out. Fifty thousand dollars uh performance bonus, of course, went to Anthony Johnson. Big shocker there. Uh Gegard Musasi got a bonus. <laughs> uh Maquan Amikani should have got a bonus with that flying knee knockout. And Kenny Robertson also got a performance bonus as well. Um, couple one fight card that I kind of wanted to run by you because it was starting to take shape mm. is uh, Fight Night sixty two, March twenty first in Brazil. Ben Saunders taking on Eric Silva. Thoughts? Uh, it should be a good fight. Um, Straight kickboxing I, I got, match. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think Eric Silva could probably win if it stays in the first round. If he goes out of the first round, he, he's going to lose. Like, Eric Silva, it's insane that at 170 he has that small of a gas tank, but I, I just, like, if he gets out of the first round, he's probably going to lose, but um, it should be a good fight. Yeah, well, also on that card, uh, Rafael Asuncao is going to be taking on Uriah Faber. Um, Matt Wyman's fighting on that card. A uh, couple couple of good fighters. Josh Thompson's taking on Gilbert Burns. Not a solid card overall for March 21st. That Uriah Faber, uh, Rafael Asuncao fight looks incredibly promising. Yeah, that's probably a number one contender fight, too. Like, that's probably, although if uh, Hannibal Barrow wins again, I really have no desire to see him fight <laughs> Rafael Faber again. But um, that's probably a number one. That's probably, I could see that being a number one contender fight. I definitely would like to see, and I mean, again, this is just this is looking at it from the standpoint of just competitive fighting. I'd I'd like to see Uriah Favor take on TJ Dillashaw. I need to see yeah, that no, fight. I'd, I'd like to see it too. I need to see that fight because it's just like it makes you wonder. It's like can you know can the pupil beat the teacher? Yeah, I, I, that that's the fight I really want to see. Like, yep, I mean. And I think they've said they'll fight. Yeah, they said and they'll I, fight. It wouldn't surprise me if they would. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me because I could see TJ Dillashaw just going to train with Dwayne Ludwig and uh, yep. where, uh, whoever trains. I think Martin Campman is the main trainer now. I think and, uh, and Boss, I too. I saw Boss was involved, too, because of uh, I saw a uh, inside MMA special where they were at, at the bang at the bang gym and Boss was helping mm-hmm. him out, too. Yeah, so... Um, I really, really, really um, am interested in how that fight looks. Um, I, I kind of picked T.J. Dillashaw on that, um, mostly because I, I think T.J. Dillashaw is the more dynamic of them at this point in their careers. But right, um, yeah, I, I would love to see that fight. Is it crazy that I'd like that I'd say that I'd give anything for for Boss Rutten to jump in a time machine and fight in the UFC? I'd give anything like now in the land. I'd give anything to see Boss Rutten fight, dude. Anything, yeah. <laughs> Boss Rude was fun when he when he was fighting. I mean, and plus he would be a, another personality. Yep. For I, uh, for for the light heavyweight division, probably. Dude, I watched him. I watched him fight. You know, when I was younger, and I was just like, "Yo, this guy's amazing." <laughs> <laughs> liver kick, liver kick knockouts for days. Yeah, it'd, it'd be fun to see him again. I'd give anything to see that. Um, 
I want to talk about UFC's expansion into Europe. They're not. They're really just going for blood. Uh, UFC Fight Night 69 is going to be in Berlin at the O2 World Arena, June 20th. Uh, UFC Fight Night 73 is going to be in Glasgow. Uh, that's going to be airing on Fox Sports 1. And and get this, the UFC is going to Poland April 11th. Gee, what's the headlining fight for that card? <laughs> Murder Crow Crowd versus yep. Gabriel Gonzaga too, because that, that's what we were that's what the world's been waiting on. <laughs> but but think about it. You sign Crow Cop, you fight in Poland. You know he's gonna main event. You know that that arena is gonna be filled to the gills. Yeah, I mean I, I mean I have no problem with them doing it. I mean they need to drug test him. Like I said again, after after the 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 fight I saw him in in uh, what was it Dream or whatever? Uh, glory. I guess was it Glory or uh, Glory? Glory, yeah, Glory. Yeah, they they need to draw him. But um, yeah, I mean this is why you bring him back. Like, where what else are you going? Where else are you going to put him? Like, <laughs> um, I want to so, I yeah, want to see that I'm fight to see what the fight looks like. I definitely want to see that mm-hmm. fight. Gonzaga's a, a crazy dude, and knowing him. He's going to be like, hey, I'm just going to go out there and stand and bang with this dude. It's like, duh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, Gonzaga knocked him out the first time, so. He, he did, you know. but but like anything else, you know, once once bitten, you know, it's not it's not happen, It's not going to happen the same way again unless, you know, the guy the guy's exposed, you know. But I think I think uh, Kokop is going to watch some tape on this one and be like, yep, that's how he caught me the last time. Let's not do that shit again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what the fight looks like, and I'm also interested to see what Crow Cop looks like, um, back in the UFC. Um, Absolutely, because the heavyweight division, outside of the top five or six guys, is kind of weak. Ugh. And you know, I, I'd 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 be interested to see what he looks like. Well, I'm glad you brought up the heavyweights because UFC Fight Night 61, February 22nd, main event: Frank Mir, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. But that co-main is Edson Barboza taking on Anthony, uh, excuse me, Michael Johnson. That should be good. That should be a really good fight. I'm, <laughs> well, I know why Michael Johnson wasn't fighting, but it should be a good. It should be a really good fight. I want to see Frank Mir and Easter Island square off. I think those two guys. It's going to be real interesting, just because you know Antonio Bigfoot Silva. It's like the. It's like fighting the Big Show in the WWE, <laughs> and I just know that Frank Mir. Correction. To quote Joe Rogan, it depends on which Frank Mir shows up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Frank Mir is kind of a spent force, kind of, at this point in his career, it seems. And I don't know, like, I'll I, I be interested to see how the fight looks. Um, it should be it should be interesting. I mean, and plus, you know, uh, <laughs> Bigfoot Silva's head is so damn big that there's a good chance that he gets knocked out just because he can't move his head. Dude, that guy has <laughs> negative five head movement. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, it's not moving. It's like a bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can't do nothing with his head. Like, I mean, that's, that's a dude that there's just nothing he can do about the fact that he has no head movement. Whatsoever. I'll tell you this though. If that fight went to the ground, I'd like to see that. Um, yeah. I mean, although I think that, Frank Mir is better. Uh, Antonio Silva is bigger. Right. It'd be interesting to see what what they could do to each other. Well, it's it, it's like it's like is Frank Mir going to try and take another arm home with him? <laughs> yeah. Because that's really the question. It's like yeah. yo, Frank Frank Mir trying to go out there and break dudes' joints, man. He's not even playing. 
yeah, I mean, I, I'll be in, I'll be really interested to see what that looks like. And 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 Bigfoot's another guy. That dude won't tap. Frank, that's what I'm saying. Frank Mir is gonna have to break something on that dude. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Which is terrible to say, but it's like, yo, imagine that big dude just having a bone broken in the cage. Like, oh my god, it's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ugly. That that would be really ugly. Oof. Well, it looks Not like Cyborg. <laughs> it looks like Chris Cyborg got a fight. She's taking on Charmaine Tweet. Uh, Invicta has a card February twenty seventh. Um, very very weird that she has a fight, and then the, they're saying that the UFC is kind of still negotiating with her. And, you know, Invicta's like, ah, well, if she wants to go, it's all right. And I'm just like, something's going on. Well, you know, UFC, tech, I think, owns Invicta to an extent or something like that. So yeah, they have a working that arrangement. That doesn't necessarily surprise me. Huh? They have a working arrangement. Yeah, so it, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that that's something that's happening. My whole thing with that is if you're not going I would be shocked if she still fights Robbie. Like, if I'm Robbie, I'm not fighting her. Like, if you can't make the weight, why should I ever fight you? <laughs> There's got to be. I mean, There's got to be um, something. Something's something's going to be negotiated yeah. to make that fight happen, dude, because you cannot, you cannot have that fight. It's impossible. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you know, make them do it at a catch weight, um, like right. at 140. Right. Actually, that that would probably be the best thing to do is do it at a catch rate of 140. Um, but um, I, I don't know, man. I just I, I don't know. Like Cyborg is, I don't know how to feel about her at this point. Like she she's done all this talking, like she's gonna make the weight and she's gonna do this and gonna do that, and haven't like come anywhere near doing it. Yeah, so, but you know why that also know, might I, be. be interested... What's that? I said I said that you know another reason why that might be money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they give her enough money, she she probably if you give her enough money, she probably can't make one one what thirty five because they're not bringing one hundred forty five pound women to the UFC. Nope. Like if y'all, if people think the other divisions are shallow, there is nobody at one forty five except Cyborg. That's it. <laughs> that that would be the only and uh what uh uh Marlos Coonan. That's yep. it. So, and I think Marlos Coonan fights at one thirty five most of the time now. So. You know, I mean, it's just, there's nothing you can do at that point. So, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what happens with it. Yeah, well, you know, there's a featherweight championship fight for Cyborg. It's like, you know, all right, it's a title fight. Great. But if she wins, what then? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> she wins. Is, yeah, I, I have a feeling she's going to end up in the UFC and they'll probably do it at 140. Uh, because I, I, I don't see Rousey ever going up to 145. Like, she has no reason nah, to do that. Definitely not. Well, I w- I will say this, and this is um this is actually good good news to report. Uh, tough eighteen winner Juliana Pena comes back UFC Fight Night sixty three taking on uh, Milana Dudieva. That's uh, taking place April fourth. Also on that card, Chad Mendes, Ricardo Lamas, and Benson Henderson taking on Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, no, that should be a really good card. Um, I'm interested to see what Jessica Penny looks like. I think, what was her last fight, like three years ago, four years ago? You mean Juliana, um, Juliana Penny? Jessica, Jessica Penny is another, oh, yeah, another Juliana, lady. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting confused. Juliana Penny, I'm trying to think what her last fight was. It was a couple of years ago since she destroyed her knee. Yeah, and that, um, and that crazy freak accident in the in the training session. 
Yeah, which had like a million different stories on what actually happened. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what what that looks like. Um, uh, what she looks like coming back. Um, it would be interesting. Uh, it, it will be interesting just to see what she looks like. But um, yeah, man, like I'm looking forward to seeing what she looks like coming back. Um, especially after a knee injury like that and mm-hmm. being out for so long. You know, just just you know, just to see what she looks like, how she's fighting. So uh, I'm interested to see that fight. And, and the Jorge match with all Ben Henderson Absolutely. should be really good. Those fights are going to um, stand in trade. Yeah, hopefully Ben Henderson is aggressive. Yep. Um, something he sometimes said not to be um, <laughs> recently. But, uh, yeah, so it should, it should be a good fight. I will say this. I was I was tripped out about the Brian Bowles story because that was just out of <laughs> out of control. Drug charges, weapon charges, yeah. they had methamphetamines in the guy's house, uh, diazepam, marijuana. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. He ran in the UFC. Like, he's been cut, hasn't he? No, they said he's still... I don't, I don't, actually, he's I don't listed think he was ever officially cut. Yeah, he's listed as an active fighter. He hasn't fought since, since May 2013 when he uh, lost to George Roop. Then he tested positive for elevated levels of tests and was suspended for nine months. Yeah, it is. It's insane um, that <laughs> basically he's probably about to go to jail for a long time. Because from what I understand, I think he's still in prison. Like yep. he, and this was early in the month, and he's still locked up. So he's probably <laughs> about to be in jail for a while. Yeah, it's um, crazy though. It, it's insane that you know you, you make poor life decisions. <laughs> poor life decisions, man. You, you go from being the possibly the best bantamweight in the world at once for a very short period of time to right. breaking all the bones in your body like he tended to do back yep. in, in WEC. Absolutely. To, to being a meth dealer, it seems. <laughs> so, Dude, it was crazy. He had, you know, uh, life, life comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, possession of methamphetamine, possession of a Schedule 4 drug, possession of a Schedule 4 drug with intent to sell, possession of marijuana, possession of marijuana with intent to sell, possession of tools for the commission of a crime, and possession of a firearm. Yeah, life comes at you fast, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, I I, I thought he was I, – I had a feeling he never got kicked out. I, I had a feeling he never left the UFC, and it's crazy that he's still technically an active fighter. Hasn't fought in, like, three years, but still technically an active fighter, and it's out here dealing mess. Insane. <laughs> but again, that's what that's the first thing the news will pick up. Oh, active UFC fighter and Data White's like, fuck, why didn't we fire this guy? Technically he's not active. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't fought in a while. <laughs> that would be my response if I'm um uh, if I'm Dana White. Like he ain't fought in a while, so technically he's not really active. <laughs> there you go. Speaking 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 of the chopping block, aside from from uh Brian Bowles most likely being on it now officially. Uh, a couple of fighters got cut. Igor Porkryets got cut. Got cut. Uh, Rodrigo Dam got cut. Uh, Tom Nimaki got caught. Got cut. Mike Rhodes, Sean Soriano got cut, and uh, uh, bantamweight fighter Alexis Dufresne got cut. She had the one-sided loss to Marion Renault, and uh, she also had trouble making weight. That's not something they're gonna let you do, lady. <laughs> Like, because I think she missed weight for both of her fights. Um, 
So that you yeah, did. You got you got you got to at least win your fight if you're gonna miss weight. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, like just chopping block. Win, at least win your fight. This is true. You know, you know what's funny? They cut all those guys. They cut all those guys loose. They cut her loose, and I'm just saying to myself, that's just because they're trying to find an opponent for CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they about to find some dude that's had like one fight <laughs> to fight CM Punk. <laughs> dude, uh, Fertitta said in an interview about that. They said, uh, I think it has to be somebody with some level with some level of credentials. It's not just going to be some guy off the street. It's going to be somebody who is a professional mixed martial artist. Certainly somebody who MMA media will, re- will recognize and know. But I'm going to defer to Joe Silva. Uh, we'll let him bring two or three names to the table and we'll figure it out from there. But I'll guarantee you it will be a competitive guy, according to you know uh, ESPN. <laughs> uh, okay. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 just, I really don't think that's... If you want him to win, have a chance of winning his fight, you probably don't bring in somebody who really, not that really knows how to fight per se, but really um, is somebody who's had professional MMA fights. Dude, like, just I give him Cathal Pendred and be done. <laughs> he's, I mean, <laughs> Shit, he might point. be way faster than Cathal Pendrick, to be honest with you, because Cathal Pendrick is really slow. <laughs> he, he might be faster than Cathal Pendrick. Fuck it, but give him that. <laughs> there you go. Um, UFC 185 got finalized. That's going down March 14th. Anthony Pettis, Rafael DeSanjos for the lightweight title. Carlos Sparza, Joanna Jadrezic for the strawweight title. Roy Nelson taking on Alistair Overeem. I just, I just feel this fight is just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> um, Matt Brown yeah. and Johnny Hendricks too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, the Matt Brown Johnny Hendricks fight should be really good. The two title fights, especially uh, the Anthony Pettis fight, should be really good. And there's a chance Joanna, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last Jadrezic, name, yeah. could possibly beat Carla Esparza. Uh So uh, those should be good. Um, the uh, the fight between Big uh, Roy Nelson and uh, Overeem could end in a couple ways. Um, you know, if Overeem gets touched in the face, he might. The implode. But, I mean, there's a there's a decent chance that he, he there's a really good chance that he's a better fighter than Roy Nelson. I think he can beat Roy Nelson, but you know, if he gets hit in the face, it's a wrap. Yeah, you know, Roy Nelson got that nasty knockout power too, and Overeem, you know, Overeem sometimes comes in there like a bull. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, yo, can is it even remotely possible for Overeem to make the cut to 205? You think? Not at this point. No, definitely <laughs> that, not. Right? He he cuts to two sixty five. Like he he's huge now. Well, m- maybe after he's lost some of that uh, Roy enhanced weight, enhanced uh, weight. Maybe he can <laughs> say what I said. That enhanced weight. <laughs> yeah, that enhanced weight. Maybe maybe he could he could possibly make it, or at least make it a, a decent attempt. But I mean, he's still running to make a pretty similar problem at two hundred five. Like this dude at two hundred five, that hit really hard. No, it's, I know, but Overeem's chin has never been good. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like you look at him, you look at Roy Nelson again, guys that you look at, and you're like, yo, if you guys just you know may, maybe applied it a little differently, maybe maybe at two hundred five, like Roy Nelson. I look at Roy Nelson, I'm like, dude, you just chilling up there at two sixty five, not even two sixty five, just chilling. It's like, dude, you probably could do it. If you wanted to, 
Roy Nelson could cut to 205. He doesn't <laughs> want to. Like, it, he could cut to 205. So frustrating. I mean, I, like, his last fight, dude, his belly was, was was smaller. So I'm like, yo, he's taking it a little seriously. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, but, he, I mean... Eh. He could cut the two hundred five. He has no desire. To. That's that's the whole thing with him. Dude just likes like he, chilling. There. He likes the yeah. He he likes the fact that he doesn't have to put any work into uh, cutting any weight. Like I'll I tell think, you this like though. He, he go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I'm done. I was gonna say if Overeem loses to Roy Nelson, <laughs> he's getting cut. Like if he loses to Roy Nelson, he's done. It's going to be Alistair Overeem against Bobby Lashley and Bellator. That's what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. He, or he should think about retiring because, I mean, he is not. When Overeem loses, he's getting knocked all the way the fuck out. Eh. I, 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 I'd I like to see him just go to Bellator just so he could get that Lashley fight out of the way. And for some demented reason, I'd like to see Alistair Overeem and Kimbo Slice. I don't know why. I just do. I mean, those are two dudes that he would destroy, though. Get him first. Get him. <laughs> but I wanna, I wanna close out the the MMA segment on a lighter note. Phil Baroni training to become a pro wrestler. Uh. Okay. Like I mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's what he wants to do. Um. Natural fit, though. Not a huge issue with that. Yeah, I mean, not a huge issue with that. It ain't like he really doing anything else with his time. Oh, dude, he fought July 2014, and he lost to Carl Parisian via knockout. First of all, you lost to Carl Parisian. How's that possible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he needs, I mean, if he's going to do something, he might want to go ahead and, and see what, what uh, wrestling has, has for him. I always feel that Phil Baroni would probably make an awesome wrestler. Like sometimes I look at these guys and everybody jokes about all the all the wrestling guys going into MMA, and then I say to myself, "But there's a couple M- MMA guys that would do all right in wrestling. Like Alistair Overeem as like a bodyguard in wrestling would w- would work. Because dude, he, uh, let's let's be realistic. You walk down a dark alley and this dude comes out, and you know the scar on his face. He's just superhumanly big." It's like a, if you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, "Holy shit, this guy's gonna kill me." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is a he is a scary looking dude. Like he's a giant scary looking dude. He is the perfect henchman in an action flick. Like I don't know why he's not doing that. Yeah, because he, he wants to fight. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's done his whole life is is been a professional fighter, and I mean, he he. I don't know, if he, if he loses this fight and he gets cut, he'd probably just go back to doing K-1. Yeah, he probably would get to glory, but I also know he burned those bridges too, man, on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a problem too, you know what I mean? Dude left in just a, a terrible sort of way, taking dudes to court, you know, Boss Boone, all those guys. They were like, yo, this guy, this guy fucked us. It was crazy. Yeah, and that that seems to be a uh, a recurring thing theme. that he does because <laughs> he got kicked out of Black Zillions too. So yep, so, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to seems see. To be, yeah, it just seems like he, he burns bridges. 
He is that he is that dude. But I figured I'd close out with that. Um, couple of things. I know you you did a brand new episode of Black is the New Black today, and I know we got Super Bowl weekend coming up. Um, where where do you stand? How do you feel about uh Marshawn Lynch just killing it today at Media Day? <laughs> I find it hilarious that anyone like I find it absolutely hilarious the amount of caring that people have towards like. He doesn't owe y'all nothing. Like he doesn't want to talk to y'all. Y'all want him to talk. He doesn't want to talk. Let let the man be. Like I I don't know. It's it's hilarious, dude. It's a it's a chess game, and the, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because you know I know you you guys talk sports there and and amongst other things, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to me that we see this stuff. And you know the reason I brought it up is because you were sharing the uh, the Stephen A. Smith, and um, I realized that there's probably. No, like I hate Skip Bayless and uh, I hate Skip Bayless so much, but Stephen A. Smith is slowly (laughs) creeping into that list of sports guys who I just want to kick into a wood chipper head first. Yeah, like like, like I said on the post, like at one time he was maybe my favorite guy on ESPN. And then like as he's been on first take, he's morphed into this person that's just annoying as hell. Like, but I just maybe it's seeing them every day is just. Ugh. <laughs> I just I just and, and you know we'll we'll wrap it with this. I just want to say that it's like yo, we watch sports to watch sports. I don't give a shit about the interview. Fuck it, the guy don't want to talk. Yeah. Fuck him, leave him alone. Exactly, I, I give a fuck. Like uh, honestly, I don't care what any of these dudes have to say. Most there you go. Like <laughs> like I just want to watch you do you. That, that's why like I'm. And I and I had this conversation with another NBA fan um, on a blog, and he was like, "How can you not care about what John Jones does?" Because I like watching him fight. I don't give a fuck what he does outside the cage. That's it. I don't give a fuck what these dudes do on a. Unless you are out here committing like super bad crimes, I don't give a shit what you do outside. Like I just, I just don't care. But I just I just feel that the media and, just, and, and and this is why you know, and I got, I got to say this too, because I watched, I was watching, uh, the media day for, for Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz. And, you know, you watch these journalists mm-hmm. ask these questions and it's just like, so, uh, how does it feel being in Arizona for the Super Bowl? Really? That's what you're asking me. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, oh, well, do you, how does, how does it feel? You got any of your injuries bothering you? Why would I tell you that? You know what I like? Like, I just watched some of this shit. Like, Anderson Silva, he said in the interview, and he was like, hey, stop asking me about my leg. Everybody asks me about my leg. Everybody wants to look at my leg. My leg is fine. He's normal. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, yo, yeah, my leg like, is good. Leave me so alone. Many times you can ask the same question. And, and that's, I think, what frustrates so many of these guys, and they know they're getting trapped. So they just, they just wild out. Like, Marshawn Lynch was, I think he's just reached a point where he's just like, since I'm going to get fined, if I don't talk to y'all, then I'm just going to talk to y'all in the most boring way possible so y'all don't want to talk to me. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Exactly. And that's exactly, <laughs> and the best part of that is, it's like when the press heard that, they should have just been like, all right, he's here because he doesn't want to get fined. Next, next, let's talk Stop to X guy. Exactly. But they just know that, yo, we got to poke this dude so that we could get we could get our 15 minutes. Yeah, it's gotten to a point of ridiculousness. I just, I, 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 I'm only watching the game. I haven't, I haven't really watched any ESPN. I mean, especially when they started doing all that deflate gate shit, I was just like, I'm done 
yep. caring about anything till the game. That's like, it. I don't want to. I don't want to hear nothing else about it until the actual game. That's it. I, I I'm at I'm at the stage where it's just like yo, let's just let the shit come and go. And it's like I don't really I don't really give a shit about either team, but it's gonna mm-hmm. be worth watching a play just on the strength that you're gonna watch it. You know, like I always end up watching a Super Bowl. I mean, I I used to watch it with my mom regardless of what team was in there. I mean, I had a couple teams that that I liked, but I always followed more players yeah. than teams because the players could change teams and you could still root for them. You know, yeah. like Ladanian Tomlinson when he was in the Chargers, I rooted for him. When he was in the Jets in that terrible season, I rooted for him. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's how the shit works. So it, it it I just I just feel better doing it that way. But that doesn't take away from me watching the game. You know. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm annoyed with the, <laughs> all the media with this, with this shit. Like, I'm just, I'm just ready for the game to, to come and go. <laughs> well, the the reason also why I brought up, I brought up your show and I brought up the stuff is, and I'm gonna put this public so you 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 are aware of the gravity of it. If you and Taylor get your get your scheduling and your shit together, then we could put Black as the New Black on Rage Work. That would be dope, man. It's just, it's hard to get the an exact <laughs> schedule because of the way the the way both our jobs work. Because I work nights, so so it's like hard to get an exact schedule. But if we can get an exact schedule, I would I would love to do that. Like if you could get it down to to once a week, at least once once a week, every week we can talk. <laughs> so there you we go. It's official and, and it's public. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So I would definitely. Tell Taylor, and we will get you an actual once a week schedule because we can actually do that. Yeah, once once a week we could get it out there. You guys know the deal, audio wise. You know, keep mm-hmm. it within the the confines or whatever. But I figured I'd put it public so you know that I'm that we I'm not fucking around. Yeah, for real, man. That that is that is a <laughs> that is a, a big opportunity so we get more people listening. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll talk to Taylor. We'll we'll get you. <laughs> With the once a week, and I will, I will definitely hit you back up about that. All right, so there, there you have it, guys. Uh, we're gonna try and get Black as the New Black on RageWorks. Um, our very own Ben at Blackout eighty nine on Twitter. Anything else you want to add, bro? Nah, man. Uh, just you know, check out the show, um, Black as the New Black, Mixler dot com slash Black as the New Black. Um, and that's it, man. Um, happy to be here. <laughs> there you go. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, Ben. All right. Peace. There you go. Our very own Ben has left the building. Make sure to go to Mixler.com forward slash black is the new black. And if everything goes according to plan, who knows? You may see black is the new black on Rageworks covering hip hop, sports, geek culture. You name it. Ben and Taylor do it. Be on the lookout for that. Hopefully we get it all squared away and you guys can enjoy that because they're real. They really are doing good things and I really want to try and, and, and help one of our own out. I mean, Ben does great stuff for us. He's been ride or die with Rageworks and My Take Radio for a long time. And I think he's he's earned the platform to shine. So definitely, like I said, show your support. Check it out. Mixler.com forward slash black is the new black. All right. So we're going to wrap it up and jump into some wrestling for this week. Um, definitely some crazy stuff going on. I want to talk Royal Rumble I know that Slick is going to have some stuff. I'm sure he's going to want to add. So let's not waste any more time and get that ball rolling, shall we? Booker T, where you at? Take it away.
We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga! My Take Radio's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWEShop.com. Get all your favorite wrestler t-shirts, including this badass Paul Heyman guy t-shirt, by heading over to WWEShop.com and using our promo code WWESAVE10. You can save $10 on orders over $70 or more. And considering that WWE shirts are getting a lot better, a lot cooler designs as of late, you definitely can drop 70 bucks, and we can help you save 10 Again, use our promo code WWE save 10. All right. So we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. But before we get into that, I um, I want to talk about uh, Lucha Lee's Royal Rumble contest, which he had uh, leading up to the Rumble. Definitely a great job on his part. Uh, rules were simple. Pick a superstar, pick a number. And if your superstar and that number are uh, correspond to the Royal Rumble and that superstar wins, you will get a T-shirt of your choice courtesy of Rageworks and Lucha Lee. Definitely lots of props to him for putting in all the work to get that rolling. He got a great turnout, and we got ourselves a winner. Uh, Sandy O.D. is the winner and is getting a brand-new WWE T-shirt of her choice for the superstar of her choice, courtesy of Lucha Lee and Rageworks. Congratulations to Sandy O.D. for participating in the contest and picking the winner, which of course we all know is Roman Reigns. All right. So speaking of Roman Reigns and the crazy, crazy turnout, um, I gotta, I gotta say this and Mortis corrected me on the rules and I fucked up. I apologize, Mortis. You needed to pick the number and the winner won the t-shirt. So there you have it. Mortis cut me some slack breaking my balls, but either way, congrats to Sandy OD for that. And of course, uh, Mortis, a.k.a. Lucha Lee, for delivering an awesome contest. Uh, definitely something we want to continue going forward. Uh, great job on that. I'm glad he brought it to my attention. I'm glad he suggested it because we did get a great turnout. Anyway, let's talk Royal Rumble, which was a freak show in every sense of the word. And I want to say this before we get into the Rumble because there's so many different there were so many different views, so many different things that came out of that. Uh, fans that were just angry, people that were upset, talking about canceling the network. And I want to I wanna say this before I even address the entire card. Uh, first off, there is no competition in the wrestling industry. There is not. There is WWE and everyone else. And given that you're getting pay-per-views for $10, there's not, it's not always going to be an amazing, mind-blowing pay-per-view. It's not going to happen. Competition is feeds creativity it feeds innovation there is no competition hate to break it to you guys ring of honor tna lucha underground all great promotions but let's be realistic none of them are competing head-to-head with the wwe not on television not in ratings not in arenas nothing not happening so before you get all piss and vinegar and talk about cancel the network and blah, 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 realize that that $10 is not just for that pay-per-view. That $10 is for every episode of Monday Nitro that you watch, every episode of ECW that you watch, every SmackDown rerun, 
every piece of original programming, every other pay-per-view outside of the one that sucked. So before you get on your high horses and start complaining, realize that for 10 bucks, you're getting other shit that kind of softens the blow of one shitty pay-per-view. Simple as that. And the reason I say this is because I'm not defending the WWE. On the contrary, there were a lot of missteps in the Royal Rumble across the board. But I'm defending the fact that we are paying $10. 10 unless you're a jackass and you're paying the 50 and buying the shit on pay-per-view, in which case, spend the $10 and don't spend the 50 These These are the facts. The 50 bucks that you spent on a pay-per-view are 60 bucks. That's six months of the network. That's six pay-per-views. That's countless episodes of NXT, countless episodes of original programming that you could be watching instead of spending the money on one pay-per-view so you can hop on Twitter and boo-hoo and complain that it didn't live up to your standards. There is no competition. Hate to break it to you guys. There is none. And since there is no competition, WWE can kind of phone it in whenever the fuck they feel like it. So the sooner we accept that, the sooner we can analyze the rest of this shit and move on. Simple as that. But I saw way too many dudes, way too many people that I know on their high horses about shit that really just had no bearing on the overall product. Oh, I'm going to cancel the network. Really? But you watch NXT every week. Fuck it. I don't care. Really? Okay. What about WrestleMania? Eh, whatever. It's going to suck anyway. But it's $10. 10 10 Think about this. You go to Starbucks. You buy a, a caramel macchiato, a large one. You spend five bucks. Spend five bucks every day. It's $5 a day. Or that's $25 a week. Monday through Friday. $25, right? That's two and a half months of the WWE Network. Two and a half. Two and a half. It's very easy to get upset. It's very easy to get bent out of shape about this stuff. But again, you spend $10 on bullshit. You want to know something funny? 12 condoms, 12, 12 condoms in a store run you between $8, 8 to $10 for 12 condoms. That means that there are 12 opportunities for you to stop yourself from having children or catching an STD for the same price as a month of the network. Just saying it, it, you, you look at the pros and cons of this shit and you realize that some people just, you can't please them. Don't get me wrong. I come on here. I'm a little jaded, but it's my job. If I wasn't jaded, if I wasn't fire and brimstone, pissing vinegar, whatever you want to call it, we wouldn't have shit to talk about. If everything in wrestling was great, everyone would be happy and no one would complain. And who wants that? I need shitty pay-per-views. I need shitty episodes of Raw. I need crazy angles. I need dudes not getting pushed. Why? So we could deliberate about it and complain because it's entertaining and it's fun. And it's what's expected being a wrestling fan. And I've talked about this. Sometimes you got to just strap in, sit back, and don't analyze. Just enjoy the shit for what it is. Don't get me wrong. I have to stop myself often from being analytical. But again, it's part of my job. Don't make the shit part of yours. Enjoy the high points. Enjoy the low points. You're into backstage segments and comedy bits? Enjoy them. You're into five-star matches, 30-minute Iron Man matches? Knock yourselves out. You're into... Face GM, heel GM, whatever the case may be. Enjoy that shit. Enjoy it. Anyway, Slick just brought to my attention that our very own Jay Santee is on line one. Let me bring him in. Big Jay, welcome to the party. 
You have no idea of like what kind of explanation I had to do to certain people over in social media and face to face. Like if I was the one who was the president of WWE. There you go. But before before we even get into that, tell me tell me, am I wrong? Am I wrong for telling for 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 stomping out the cancel WWE Network campaign? Am I wrong for saying that? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Ten fucking dollars 10 not 50 10 i myself was pleased to see people canceling because now all my reception is actually getting better on all my consoles and my roku and stuff so continue canceling your subscription people thank you <laughs> but no i mean i i mean aside from that and i want to i want to talk about the matches with you you look at you look at it and you look at the sum of all parts and i think sometimes wrestling fans just want to be disappointed like they want to be upset. I think it's. I think when it comes to WWE, like you said, everyone is becoming more and more jaded because now they feel as though that they know a little bit more because of the internet itself. So maybe as though that they could probably have a better product that they could push out there. Where at the you know the real reality is they don't know shit. Let me tell you something, and I I really needed a. Let me tell you something, me Gene. But uh, I I don't, I don't want to lose my voice. But let, you know who's laughing at all of you uh, at all? Correction, not you. All of the all of the canceled WWE Network hashtags. You know who's laughing at them? Vince McMahon. You want to know? You want to know why Vince is laughing at them? Because WWE the WWE Network has one million subscribers after the Royal Rumble, after the pay per view most people hated, after. One million subscribers. Do you think they're solid? Hulu. What was that? And it, it's, it's faster than Hulu too. I mean, I, I told people years, you know, months ago when they were talking about, oh, you know, the WWE network is floundering and it's not being a success. It's like, dude, wait till Europe opens up. Wait till overseas gets it. it it's gonna be an explosion. And sure enough, they're proving it right. Right, and more to said it, that's because the UK got the network. But still, even if the UK got the network or didn't get the network, a million is a million. You know, hashtag cancel the service. Everybody's all up in arms. Sunday, here we are Thursday now. And Vince McMahon's sitting there like, yep, million subscribers. Fuck you very much. Grinning. <laughs> you know? Grinning. Grinning at everyone with his devilish smile. That's it. But I, I do, I do want to talk about the Rumble. Um... The New Day Cesaro, took on Cesaro, Kid, and Adam Rose, and I just was disappointed in every aspect of the match because here we have five underutilized talents. Five because Adam Rose fucking sucks. And unless they repackage him, he will continue to suck. But five underutilized talents floundering in a pre-show match that was okay but just had zero incentive for people to watch. But man, did you like that Cesaro shirt though? Cesaro was a beast in that entire turn of events, dude. Every part of that, every part of his, his and Kid's offense was fantastic. Shades of power and glory, shades of a lot of old school tag teams that worked. But there was just zero. There was zero investment on the part of the crowd. They give two shits about that match. I thought, you know, and, and I said, creative is really trying to get something over with the New Day and with the whole giving the microphones to get the participation going on. Yep. Uh, it just seems out of sync. 
you know, not it's not going over the the, the catchphrase and all that. Like you said, these are talent. These got talented guys that just are stuck with a crappy gimmick. And um, I don't know, you you you, you just see nothing else perspiring to be well for them. Well, you know what it is, dude. Not and I hate to say this, not everyone is Mizdow. Not everyone can make a chicken salad out of chicken shit. Not everyone can do that. <laughs> Very few people can, dude. Like. Sometimes you can you can take something and make something out of it and make it work to the best of your ability, but other times you just start applying crazy glue, Elmer's glue, rubber bands, and just hoping that it looks like something. Well, like, like I said, I mentioned like the Cesaro show. Like I see the Cesaro going for that Bullet Club type look. Yep, and like t- trying to piece together like something that could be at least eye catching to those true fans of wrestling that maybe they could grasp or something, but. It just seems as though, like, WWE is not going to allow that to happen fully. No, absolutely not. I feel that WWE at this point is like, yo, go out there and do your job. That's it. That's where they're at. Same thing with the Ascension. It's unfortunate. Well, looking at the Ascension and the New Age Outlaws, the New Age Outlaws went out there and did their job, putting over the Ascension. And I figured it out. The gimmick is the Ascension is going to beat up old school tag teams until they get over. Until... until either a legendary tag team comes back, a.k.a. the Dudley Boys, or, you know, some, some up-and-coming tag team is able to oppose them on equal ground. Yeah, but you could have done the same thing, you know, without having to, you know, taint, you know, try to taint legacy, you know, the legacy of teams like LOD and Demolition. Like, you could still have done the same thing. Right, Jericho but, did it well when he was bashing the old school legends. Like, and these were guys who were on board, and they 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 worked with it, and they they put him over as well. Like, it, it, there's a certain way around it, but yes, yes, we are hoping that 3D comes back fully. But but it's it's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you and I were. Remember when Animal was complaining, but he wasn't really complaining. He's like, "Yo, if y'all would have put me out there with him, it would have been all right." They utilize it. Utilize the tool that's there. That's it. I mean, you know. It was a glorified squash. The New Age Outlaws did what they had to do. They got the cheap pop. The Philly crowd was super smart. They knew what the deal was. That's why they weren't even into the match. And then, you know, then we have the next the, the next lineup that uh, uh, who who's hoping to grace their way. Who are they going to bring out next? Like, um, uh, let's think of the, the old school brigade of tag teams that could just piece together. Bushwhackers. You know, Santana and Rick Martel. Bushwhackers. Like Strike Force. Bushwhackers. It's got to be Bushwhackers, dude. Bushwhackers. Got to be the fucking Bushwhackers. Or, uh, yeah, Bushwhackers. I, I think I think the Rougeos are still alive. Conquistador 1, Conquistador 2. Yes. Can't be Edge and Christian for obvious reasons, but I, I kind of feel mm-hmm. that it's going to lead to the inevitable Dudley's Ascension match. I smell it happening. Do you think it'll be something that could be leading up to... Maybe Mania, we could have that match. You never know. And not no Mania pre-show match. I mean, like something official, like a freaking, you know, bring back a TLC match with four tag teams going at it. Something I'd like. like I'd like to see that, dude. I think a TLC match with the Ascension, the Dudleys, and Kid and Cesaro would be good. That'll be that'll work as well because you know the New Day's not going to be there. Nah, 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 dude. If they were smart, I would have and and your people are going to think I'm insane. I would have Titus O'Neil try to join the group, and when they won't let him join the group because he's too negative, he should just open their eyes and be like, I'm not the one out there shucking and jiving, looking all stupid on TV. 
I may not be on TV, but at least I'm not out there looking like a phony. And that'll start opening their eyes. And then you can have it kind of like how The Rock inserted himself into the nation and took it from Farouk. Yeah, you know, and then maybe possibly put a turn. You know, turn up heel. This this positive crap isn't working. Come on, guys. We got to take it, not beg for it. That's it. Dude, Titus O'Neil and Big E as a tag team would be a problem. Right. But that's what I mean. I, I think I think. It, Go ahead. I think it especially with Titus. With Titus, he, we got to find something for him. Like, he's going to be. Because you see him on his Instagram. He's out there. He's doing such positive things. Like, he's out there. In the schools, you know, he's doing all this stuff. We gotta find something for him that's, you know, boy, give him a reason to want to stay with the program. Boy, oh boy, do I have a story about Titus O'Neil? I'll share it in a few minutes. Um, the Usos and Miz and Miz Dow was pretty much as academic as you would expect. I just feel that they're gonna continue teasing the seeds of dissension. But if they're gonna do that, they better have a payoff at Mania. Like it better be Miz Dow and the Miz at Mania. Yeah, that that that. That was going around that route, but I, I don't even think it's gonna be a, it is gonna be a mania type thing. I don't think if it is, once again, you already see that's a pre show match. Unless they pull the trigger and try to do it at fast lane, but it's too quick. <laughs> which is terrible. That that fucking pay per view name is garbage. I don't even want to think about what that pay per view is gonna be about. It just sounds like a catastrophe off the back, but let us continue. Well, the, the the ladies in the tag team match, I wanna be I wanna be honest that people are gonna think I'm a little crazy. I didn't totally hate this match. And the reason I say that is because the Bellas and I said this a, a couple of weeks ago to to a friend of mine, the Bellas are in that weird funky when Trish Stratus was transitioning from manager to wrestler, that she was getting better, but it just took time. Like this match wasn't a complete debacle. It wasn't great by any means. There were a, a fair amount of botches. But it didn't look totally fucking horrid, which is a stretch. No, I, I said the same thing because, like you said, a little bit of botches, uh, they were working pretty stiff. I mean, yep. really, like there was a couple of shots in there. Which, that's what I, that's what I think we've been calling for the longest. It's like, don't go out there and fluff a mask. If you're right. gonna, like they always tell you in sports or anything, if you're going to make a mistake, make it big. And, right. you know, that's what they were doing out there. At least show that you're putting an effort. Don't freaking... Give it to us that you choreograph everything. I mean, you saw some stiff shots out there that was delivered. And I, I said, it wasn't really that bad. Well, you know what it was? The other thing is they got about, they got almost 10 minutes. So, you know, you give them a little longer match, you give them more to work with, you're going to get a better product, you know? Yeah, and, you know, if you did get up to go to use the bathroom and you came back, you was like, oh, this match is still on? Okay, let me watch this. Exactly. You were still checking it out, you know? Yeah, you, you, you were invested for that minute. But, you know, you got to give it to it, too, because at least you can sit there and say, all right, you have Paige and you have Natalie, you have Natalia, you have two girls in there that you know can wrestle. Let's see how they can salvage this. This is true, but like I said, I think the Bellas now, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still shitty, but I kind of feel that they're turning the corner slowly. But I think they need more five-plus-minute matches to really try and expand, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll give them more work on, on Superstars, main events. Um, don't don't give them the big stage just yet. Yeah, definitely. Main event superstars are great proving grounds to do that stuff. Well, uh, uh, um, like we like we like we were saying before, just go out there and give it a try. Don't that's walk it. Through it. That's it. So on the triple threat match side of things, holy shit! First of all, 
Brock Lesnar in the early in the early going of that match was dropping dudes on their domes just super haphazardly. Like I'm like, oh shit, he broke Seth Rollins' shoulder. He's dead. <laughs> I was sitting at my I was at my job and I put them, you know, I'm sitting there and I have it up and people watching it because that's all they were really waiting to see. They wanted to see the Brock Lesnar come out, you know, the casual fans. And they're like, you know, everybody that had this look like, damn, isn't this supposed to be wrestling? What the hell are you doing? Yep. Besides the fact, dude, that Brock Lesnar next to both of those guys, yo, they look like kids next to him. I'm like, yo, he is a and, massive and he human being. He's not a small dude, man. No, not at all. And it was just crazy, like the suplexes that were being done. And, you know, when Rollins went to jump off the top rope and Lesnar caught him in midair, it's like, dude, very few guys have the brute strength to pull that off and still make it look good. Very few. Mark Henry, mm. maybe, Ryback, the big show, but... Again, a handful of guys. Yeah, and when, when when we saw, you know, at Raw, when the face-to-face happened between Roman and, his, and Brock, you tend to realize, like, Jesus Christ, Brock is really that big. He's really, he's yeah. really small. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Everybody's like, yeah, the triple threat match, blah, blah, blah. It's like I said, it's like I told everybody. I'm like, yo, Brock Lesnar's going to retain, but Seth Rollins is going to become a superstar. And holy shit, was that the case. Dude, beautiful textbook savage elbow off that off that off that uh quarter turnbuckle to the announce table. Beautiful Phoenix splash. Amazing offense. Great storytelling. It was ridiculous. That wasn't that wasn't Seth Rollins in the ring that night. That was that was Tyler Black that was in the ring that night. That was one hundred percent Tyler Black in there, dude. It was it was amazing. It was everything. Everything in that match came together so well, and even even Cena. You know, I always, I always, people. We all shit on Cena, but we shit on Cena because he's the corporate machine. You know, he embodies what the company wants you to want you to cheer for. But dude, he held his own out there, and he made it look legit. I I, I remember when I said, "When can we honestly say that we actually watched Cena in a match?" I said, "Wow, this is damn good what we're watching from him." The other spot I got to talk about, dude, uh, Brock Lesnar suplexing both members of J&J Security. <laughs> dude, I was like, I, that was a legit mark out for me. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he, for, for all the naysayers who get upset with him when he comes, you know, he comes once in a blue moon, you got to give it to him. When he, show, when he shows up, he shows up. Well, that was the other thing, too. It was weird because if you noticed, in the middle part of that match, dude, he was sweating profusely. I'm like, yo, this dude's going to catch a heart attack in there. And then, you know, they did the spot where he got hurt outside. And I said to myself, yo, did the doctors bring a Pedialyte? Like, like yo, they bring, did, they bring, did they bring a Pedialyte and a banana? Because, yo, he was beyond gassed. And it wasn't even about, like, the length. Everything was just, a, I, it, it was fast paced. And I think, I think that was, just like, a little bit, fun, a little bit too much for him. I, I give it to him. He stood up in there, man. Like, because everything was like, like back to back to back to back. There was like no, like breath for air. They were all, all, you know, the 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 the, the connection with all of them was just was rapid. Well, you know what it is, dude. If that was a work, if Brock Lesnar almost dying outside of the ring was a work, then fuck, we all got played. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though, because it was in a good way. I accept that. Yeah, man, because it's like, yo, he was dead, and then he just came out there, and he just killed everyone. He's like, yep, I won. Thanks. 
But, but yeah, but we all knew he was gonna walk out of that building with that belt. But yeah, yeah, but not like that. Like, we're, gonna, we're gonna give them a yeah, we're gonna give them a show. Yep, it was like it was like yo, he is he is literally almost dead right now, almost dead. Everybody started that match with all their specials and all their all their finishers. That's it. They dude. just put the cheat code in. That's it. It was full Brock Lesnar cheat code, and then like I said, because it's like they show the paramedics come out. And they're like, oh, you know, the announce team just kept calling the match. And I'm like, yo, is Brock Lesnar, like, dying out there? Like, what's going on? And then it was like, oh, my God, Brock Lesnar came in. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Then they never been working that on. He broke a rib. And from what the paramedics said, he's broken a rib. I was like, damn, and this guy's still working? Shit. Well, it, it was weird because it's like, and, and you know, I, I, just fast forwarding for a second to Monday, when they're like, Brock, were you injured? And he's like, yeah, I got a lot of injuries I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah, the right answer. Let me, let, let me go laissez faire. I'm fine. Everybody has an injury or two. Yeah, everybody has an injury or two. I got a couple of them. It's all right. But um, I want to talk about the Rumble match itself. First of all, if the Miz could be number one and the Miz competed in a tag team match, why didn't every other wrestler that competed earlier in the night compete in the rumble why didn't we see the usos you know what i mean well because it would it would leave you know some spots that you know were were useless you know especially the guys that went in like a titus o'neill that would have been useless to anyone else dude how did curtis axel get robbed (laughs) curtis axel got robbed yo (laughs) curtis axel is the true 2015 royal rumble winner I tell you what, it was good seeing Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, it was cool seeing the Boogeyman, but um, the Daniel Bryan elimination was heartbreaking. Bro, we we'll elaborate on that in a minute. But I knew the moment when he was eliminated, I was like, "Oh, the internet is about to explode." Well, it's like what I said. We were joking around. I'm like, "Yo, we all know Roman's winning." Nah, nah, nah. The Roman's not gonna win. I'm like, "Yo, Roman is gonna win. He's the dude. He is the guy." It's funny because I was in a um in a, in a Royal Rumble uh, contest and I I had thirty and I said if I have Ziggler at thirty I have a chance and then I said no wait I forget Roman is winning. Yep, Ziggler was thirty <laughs> and it's like the match. Uh, you know what annoyed me and this is where where I kind of go into that how Kane and the Big Show were just haphazardly just tossing cats out. It's like yo since when like dude like ragdoll well, dudes. <laughs> They, like Dolph Ziggler getting caught with the ultimate knockout punch. That guy sold it. He got shot in the face. <laughs> it's like a sniper mode and, and Call of Duty shot. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It's like, yo, it's like Dolph Ziggler needed a kill cam. <laughs> <laughs> Let's show you how you died. You know, what's, <laughs> you know, you know cool, though? Because, you know, at least we were proponents for it early on. It's like, okay. Brian gets eliminated early. Fine, dandy. All right, and I'm I, and for some weird way, I'm happy that it occurred because you know the guy comes back, and I know he's not a hundred percent. He's still nursing his injury, you know. And this this will this is what I said that sometimes the internet community could be a little bit tasty, right? Like you've mentioned before, in must back. If you're gonna bring him back, don't bring him back to get hurt, right? So you know, let let let, let it progress little by little. But then they booked a casket match for SmackDown. Oh, exactly. Well, here's here's the thing I would I was expecting, dude. I said to myself, "Yo, I'd give anything if Seth Rollins ran out at like 29." <laughs> I was like, "Please, God, 
Yo, I would have been done. Seth Rollins, Reigns, Ambrose, Kane, and the Big Show as the last as the last ones left. Oh, the crowd would have gone bananas because it, it's like, what if what if the Authority conspired to have Rollins win the Rumble? And you know what? That would have actually possibly made you know the fans possibly back yep. them a little easier. Yep. Because the little subtle things that they did. Because I even noticed that they had you know the whole team up with you know the old the old mates Dean and Ryan Lockhead to say we're going to war. And I was like, the crowd doesn't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's like yo, it's too late for that. You know, Roman Reigns is all bleeding and shit. Dean Ambrose like, oh, we're going to go. We're going to kill everybody. And it's just like, the crowd does it. The, the crowd goes mild. <laughs> the crowd goes mild. I'm like, dude, you're going to get thrown out. We know this already. Yep. And you know what it was? The best part. And, and, and we all laugh, dude. How Rusev just snuck back. And he's like, ah, like a bad guy out of a horror movie. Like he just, like when you're in a fun house and he just comes out of the closet. Rusev Ham Sandwich. But didn't they ring the bell after he tossed them both? Nah, dude. And that's what we were saying. Like, yo, why didn't they ring the bell? And then we were like, yo, people. We were like, yo. We were like, yo, people hate Roman Reigns so much they don't even want to ring the bell to let people know it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is just as backwards. They're sitting there chanting for Rusev. It's like, what the hell? I'm like, yo, why are they chanting for Rusev? They're like, oh, shit, he didn't get eliminated. I'm like, ah. And then. You know, you kind of thought to yourself, are they going to give it to Rusev? And I'm like, Rusev and Brock Lesnar? I'm like, that would involve a Brock Lesnar face turn. Right. And then I'm sitting here, I'm going, no, there's epic storytelling that's going now. Because don't you see Big Show and Kane are upset with each other now? Yep. Now there might be some dissension in there. The crowd was like, boom, fuck this shit. (laughs) Yo, the crowd crowd punched out, dude. They're like, yo, ejector seat, I'm done. Like, yo, the crowd was like, yo, that's a wrap. Fuck it. They were like, yeah, but when The Rock came out, they cheered. I said, yeah, they cheered for The Rock. And then they realized why he's coming out. And they was like, no! Dude, I, you know what? You know what's funny? I got a, I got a text when The Rock came out. And everybody's like, yo, is The Rock the real number 30? <laughs> like, yo, is The Rock going to throw yeah. Roman Reigns out? And the Rock, it's going to be Rock and Brock at Mania? I was like, yo the crowd would go fucking bananas. Like, he's holding Roman Reigns' arm up, everybody's cheering, and we're all like, wait a minute, but the belts didn't ring. And then as Roman turns around, the Rock just gets in a position, hits him with the Rock bottom, and throws him out. That, now, that would have been epically creative. That, that, I think I would have even marked out for that. Dude, I was, I was like, you know, we were all joking around, like, yo, imagine if the Rock was number 30 for real. Oh, dude, it would have been insane. I think that building would have erupted, dude. Everybody's like Roman Reigns. They booing him. The Rock's music hits. They come down. And then you just hear you hear uh, JBL like, wait a minute. There's only been 29 guys. There's only been 29 guys. Just they're all like, wait a minute. Who's number 30? And then they go, but, but Curtis Axel never entered. And then they're like, that means there were only 29. And The Rock is just number 30. Oh, dude, it would have been insane. Yeah, that would have been freaking epic. That at least, at least we wouldn't have, we would have much to talk about tonight when it came to that. <laughs> oh, dude, I would have, I would have lost my shit, dude. I, I, I probably literally would have fucking pissed myself like a toddler. Because, dude, that's some, that's some out of this world booking, dude. But at least at that point, you'd be like, oh shit. But we have what we had, and 
uh, the explanations that I had to speak to and tell people about why the internet almost killed WWE. <laughs> well, you know, Monday Night Raw, of course, was was uh, derailed because of Snowmageddon, the Snowpocalypse, SnowMG, um, you know, countless hashtags. But we ended up getting a show that actually was moderately tolerable. And people were like, yo, man, they're giving the match from the Royal Rumble. And it's like, yeah, because it's a great way to sell the network. Duh. <laughs> like, people are like, why are they giving the match that we saw yesterday? And I'm like, because you're selling the network? Because you guys missed this match, and the only reason you're getting it now is because of a fucking snowstorm? You're welcome? I thought that was beautiful business by WWE. Exactly. Because I sat there and I went, I was sitting there and I was going, I don't really want to watch this again, but I could not change the channel. Exactly. Like, I really to watch it again. Yep, I ended up watching that triple threat match again, and then, you know, I kind of tuned out when they, re- when they replayed the Rumble, but still, you're just like, oh, shit, you know? And then... When they showed Rollins come in just being super douchebag, and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Michael, that's called a Phoenix Splash. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, yo, Seth Rollins is a full dick, full on dick right now. They're like, oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar's coming in here. He's like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, well, if Brock Lesnar wants this chair, he's going to want, he's going to have to take it from me. And I'm like, dude, you realize what's going to happen in about five minutes. You realize this, right? And it was just so juvenile that he just like slapped the chair out of the way. And then I was laughing because some he's assistant. Like, fuck, fuck your chair, nigga. <laughs> well, I was laughing because the 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 assistant, you know, the 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 assistant just walks and he gently puts the chair back. Here's, here's your chair, Mister Lesnar. That's it. I was just like, yo, too funny. And then you know, Paul Heyman again, god tier. He's just like, yeah, you know, blah blah blah. This is how it goes down. You guys can say whatever you want, but my client, you know, is my client. And he's like, I think we're gonna stick around. And I like, you know, I like that they gave Brock Lesnar more personality. He's like, yo, let's meet this guy. I want to meet this guy. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, you see, him, you, you see him in the back. Like, they used to show in the old SmackDown vignettes with him lifting like, the, the pieces of the scenery over his head. <laughs> he's, he's slamming down craft services. It's like, oh, so that's the real Brock Lesnar. Oh. Well, you know what's funny? I like I liked what, um, you know, they... they First of all, I like Dean Ambrose just showing up out of nowhere. Just random. Just like, yo, it's snowing. I was bored. I walked here. Any, any place with pictures of me that I could look at. <laughs> you know, like, I like shit like that. But I also liked that when Reigns, even though there's, you know, Reigns allegedly had his lines fed to him and people allegedly heard it, I do want to acknowledge the fact that Paul Heyman taking over that interview was the greatest thing they ever did. Because Paul Heyman dug into the fucking history books, dude. Like, hardcore. Like, hey, man, I remember your dad, your cousin, blah, 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 blah. I remember taking pictures of this guy. I was like, wow, this is some hardcore history right here. And this is why I say, like, you know, when it comes to Heyman, it, you you don't even have to, like, really say a word, and he'll make you look as though, like, you're the next coming of God. Like, He'll do everything for. He's like the Michelangelo of wrestling. It's 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 it, 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 moment. You Roman didn't have to say a word, and everybody was like, "Oh, this might be some shit going down." Well, you know what I liked? I like that Heyman. Heyman always he he has a mantra that I believe in when it comes to professional wrestling and capitalizing. He always he always says, "Emphasize the strengths, hide the weaknesses." And what he did in that exactly. moment is emphasize the strengths. He realized, "Yo, you got two physical guys." Their mic work is shit. 
But if you do, if you let them be natural enough that it looks believable, I can sell this. And that's what happened. And let the picture tell the story. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Roman got the lines fed to him, fuck it. Whatever. If we, we know his promos are shit. The Rock could not even save him. And that's the problem. The WWE wants Roman Reigns to be the next Rock. Can't happen. Once in a lifetime thing, dude. One guy. It's like yeah. stop trying to force these guys to be other guys because it's not gonna happen. I don't. I, I don't even think. I, I think what WWE the WWE is doing right now is just they had a look and they're like, listen, I don't, you know all the avenues that we had that we could have had to, to to lead to WrestleMania and who to go up against Brock. Um, we don't really have anything, so let's just throw this guy up there who's only had one belt in his whole career, who has lineage. Of, of a legacy behind him, maybe we can hitch a wagon to this. The fans aren't buying it. They don't want to be force-fed their champions and their fan favorites. They're not buying it. You know what it's going to take? to, to It's going to take, and this is crazy, it's going to take Heyman to not only book this, but write this to make it work. I figured like, Roman Reigns is going to disappear for some time. He's gonna come back like super jacked. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at. Well, you know what it is. I tell you, at the end of that picture, I Brock looked monstrous next to him. Well, I think that's what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. They're going to probably do like they did with the Rock and Brock. You know, the training montages and Roman Reigns trying to get ready for the fight of his life. And who knows? We may see some development. We may see some changes. But I do feel that, you know, you're going to get the result you're going to get. And you're going to get the WrestleMania moment. But the Rock's, the Rock's footprint is going to be on it. I guarantee at WrestleMania, I, and I'm putting, I'm saying it now. I guarantee he's not coming out in flap jacket, vest, and pants. He's going back to Trumps. I wouldn't be I'm shocked. I'm it now. I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I don't think he. I, I honestly don't believe that he's walking out of WrestleMania with a belt. I don't think so. I don't think it's happening. I, I smell swerve, and I, and I smell a big swerve happening. I don't see it happening. Well, I got a swerve that Jim Ross kind of alluded to, which I shared on the fan page, and that is. What if Heyman swerves Lesnar, aligns with Reigns, Reigns is his new client, Lesnar leaves to go to the UFC, and there you go. You really think that Heyman could actually salvage this? I mean, I mean, like, like, Heyman is God, of course. Heyman but, is the only guy that know, his, can his, salvage his, it. His last, couple of his, his last couple of acquisitions haven't been, you know, top-notch. His last couple of acquisitions were based on creative saying, hey, hitch your wagon to this guy, let's hope for the best. You got to remember, you're yeah, giving him, and, you're giving him what's essentially the future of this business. Yeah, and and I don't know, that could be that could be tough, man. That could be a tough thing to to, to bank on right there. I, I, it's not it's not impossible, but, it, but it'd be tough to see it. At the end of the day, Lesnar's gonna put over Roman Reigns. It's just a matter of putting him over effectively. Now, if Heyman turned on Lesnar, that would put over Reigns effectively because that promo the following Monday from Heyman, would be out of this world. I, I, I still see that we haven't seen such a, a, a large you know, event happen at WrestleMania where everybody, like, besides, you know, the, you know, Undertaker Street on the last one, but, like, something when it had to do with the championship. For, you know, for some reason, although I hate when they do it on Raw, I think Seth is going to cash in that night. For some reason, I really believe he'll cash in that night. I believe that Brock and... and and um, 
and Reigns is going to have like some epic match, and they're going to be so winded and so out of it that Seth will cash in at that night. Oh, dude, I'd love if the confetti were if the confetti was rolling from the sky and we were getting ready to pad out, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Seth Rollins, and he just cashes in, curb stops, curb stops, fucking Roman Reigns, cashes it in. They they pin him and the authority wins because it's been a long time since we've had a WrestleMania where the heels actually win. And that's what I'm saying, and I really would think that if he does if he does cash in that way, the crowd won't be mad. I really don't think they'll. Be I don't think so. About I think the crowd will be hyped, dude. Oh. And by the way, did you see just to re- go back on on Rumble how strong they made Bray Wyatt? Yeah, but you know why I didn't I didn't really go too deep into that, and the reason I'll tell you that is because they've been teasing Bray Wyatt and the Undertaker for the longest, and the only way that you're gonna make that work is by making Bray Wyatt look good. I I I, I know the I know the story could be you know the storytelling will be epic. Yep. But you know my whole my whole my whole thing with the Undertaker is like when will it end? Like <laughs> I mean can't they let this guy retire in peace? You know what it might end for The Undertaker next year? Mm. You want to know why? Cowboy Stadium, dude. The allure is too big for him not to want to be involved. Yeah, that's true. And they're, yeah. gonna break, they're definitely going to break their record in there. Yeah, and besides the fact The Undertaker's from Texas, he lives there, he could walk there probably, you know? He's probably... <laughs> he could still walk. <laughs> exactly. He's probably like, yo, I'll, I'll ride my Segway there and um, I'll do this match and that's it. Like, I bet you he'll go in the Hall of Fame next year and he'll close it out. Yeah, that'll probably that'll be the probably the best way to go. And if he does, don't let's not blacken the hair anymore. Let's go on with the white. Let's, let's go with the Oh, white. have him go in there like, like Mordecai. Have him go in there looking like Doc from Back to the Future. Marty, it's your kids, Marty. It's your kids. <laughs> Fucking Undertaker gets out of a DeLorean. Remember when he, Undertaker was supposed to have that angle with Mordecai? He's <laughs> like, oh, that's who it really was. Oh, I get it now. Dude, hilarious. Just Undertaker and a DeLorean. It's your kid's body. It's your kid's. And then you hand him a Snickers. <laughs> then you hand him a Snickers and he becomes the Undertaker. It's just a top product placement. <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, it's like the allure is too great, dude. Like Cowboy Stadium has to be it. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that seems like the I'm saying that, that's going to be that, – that one is going to be the one that you might see everybody because – Texas is, like, such a big wrestling state. Like, yep. That's when they're going to pull everything out. Dude, I think I think that's when... You think Philly was disrespectful? Texas might be horrible. <laughs> but but I tell you this, though. I think Stone Cold might lay some of them boots next year. That's why I could tell you that shit. Oh, man. That, 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 don't, even, don't get me excited about hearing that shit. I Come on, that, dude. Again. That might even get me on a plane to go out there. But but again, dude, the call, the call as a wrestler, and you know, because we've covered... We talk about the indies and all that. It's like the allure is too great to not want to be there, to not want to be a part of history. Let me tell you, I get excited like when you see like the POVs when the wrestlers standing on the on the, the Titantron stage yep. and they're looking out to the ring and all the crowd. I get excited like if I'm there, like if it's me. So I can imagine like what I can't even fathom what, what their mindset is going through when they see that. Dude, imagine imagine just Cowboy Stadium like. For a Bray Wyatt entrance with everybody holding up their phones, <laughs> I feel I think the return of the gondola of from WrestleMania three is gonna come back. The that walkway is gonna be humongous. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like it's like a lot of these guys are like, ah, whatever. It's like, listen, Cowboy Stadium, big fucking deal. 
it's like it's like when you got a guy like Goldberg saying, "Yeah, I might do one more match." It's like because that is the pinnacle to be to be at that 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 in that building, knowing that there's going to be over a hundred and possibly a hundred and ten thousand fans. Oh, that's sick. That's the toughest part. And the other thing is, you know, it's like like I said, there's so many guys that are kind of hinting that they want to come back. Like I said, Austin's like, hey, I got one more match." Goldberg's like, oh, I got one more match. Undertaker's like, fuck, I, I'll crawl there for that match. <laughs> I smell gimmick battle royal. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Turn of the gimmick battle royal. You never know, dude. But but these are the things we got we to gotta look forward to. Speaking of which, I want to go through the uh, the other wrestling news because we could be nostalgic this entire time. Uh, Tough Enough <laughs> is coming back on USA, and it's going to start using an American Idol format where people can actually do live voting on who gets eliminated. Oh, now you, you talking about internet wrestling community being creeps and dickheads. This is really, really <laughs> going to But, you know, but, I, you know, just like the WWE polls and all that shit, that shit's going to be fucking skewed and, and fucking and tampered with anyway. They're going to find a way to fucking put over who they want to put over anyway. So, yeah, I, I like that idea, though. I, I'm glad that's up enough for coming back. I love that show. Well, I'm glad it's coming back, and I like the interaction because, dude, you know they're gonna they're gonna squeeze the shit out of the WWE app. It's like, oh, you're gonna be voting with the app. Oh, oh yeah, please. Let's, 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 oh, let's update. Let's update the the the, the interface because you already know there's gonna crash a couple of times a week. There you go. I did want to ask you where you stand with the with Justin Gabriel asking for his release. I, you know, I I I see. I understand where he's coming from with it. You know, he already knew where he was gonna go. And what their plans were, and 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 to be honest, a lot of guys who have the talent like he has and all that, they're actually becoming more successful in the Indies and Japan. You know, he's already made a booking at PWS. You know, you know, more power to him. Everybody thinks that yo, he'll go to TNA or he'll go to Ring of Honor. I mean, these guys are having fun. He's a guy. You know, if you ever seen him on his Instagram, he's a free spirit. He skydives. He you know, he does a lot of like extreme stuff. So you know, him having you know, the, the 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 balls to say, you know what, guys, I might as well just go and just live my life the way I want. I, I commend him for that. Not a lot of guys can do that. So what you're saying is YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There you go. You know, and, you know, and it's, and it's good because it's still, you know, there's a lot of guys who've done it in the past and in open doors for them later on if they wanted to return. You yep. know, there's still that option there. Well, I'll tell you this, dude. And at Luke, least they didn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't hold his, you know, they didn't hold his arm by not giving, you know, to give him that clause. You know, they let him give, give him a freak to compete clause, so which is good. Well, I'll tell you this, dude. Lucha Underground, John Morrison and Justin Gabriel in a tag team match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Book it. Exactly. I'd pay to see that. But, um. I will say that I'm very, very interested in seeing that Steve Austin podcast with Triple H as his next guest. Yeah, I'm chewing at the bit for that one because if he was able to say what he wanted, what he said to Vince, I definitely have to hear. <laughs> I hope he really gets at the nitty gritty with Triple H. I really hope he gets, you know. So, what do you think about your your father-in-law? Really? Yep. <laughs> well, I also I really think it, get those aspects. Well, I think also he's going to put the squeeze on him because Triple H is still one of the boys, you know. Yeah. And you know, it's it, it, you know a lot of stuff will be there, tongue in cheek, you know, you know, a little, a little, a little wrestling business here, a little reality there, but um, yeah, that's gonna be. I think it's gonna be far more interesting than the Vince interview. So 
we were talking about Titus O'Neil earlier. Do you know that Titus O'Neil's Royal Rumble exit was botched and that Titus O'Neil was supposed to be eliminated in one second to Ty Santino's elimination and that they botched it and Vince was furious? Out of all things he was furious about, that's what he was furious Yep. <laughs> that's what all things. They say that the uh, the timing issues between O'Neal, Ambrose, and Reigns meant that he was instead eliminated in four seconds instead of one. Wow. Well, like the mistake they made last year for not having Roman win last year. Yeah, we could try again with Titus next year. There you go. So get this. The, the authority has their own Twitter account. <laughs> and they announced that at WWE Fastlane, Cena is going to be facing Rusev. Yeah. And there goes that first okay. loss, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, we to be honest, we I mean, we pretty much knew that was coming down anyway. I just didn't think it, it was gonna happen, you know, that fast or pun. But yeah, I didn't think it was gonna. I thought at least they would at least let it up to at least mania. That's what I'm saying. That would have been the bigger moment, you know, beating beating the Russian monster. Yeah. Unless unless the oh. match ends in shenanigans and we still get the match at mania, which could happen. Does this mean that we may see John Cena wear the United States belt one more time? We might see that. Oh, the return of the spinner belt. Nah, that's not going to happen. I think he's outgrow that. He's too. <laughs> John Cena John Cena is like, uh, he's the guy that's in his late 30s that still kind of wears his pants off his ass, but tries not to because he realizes that they won't, they'll look at him funny. No, Cena, Cena wears the sweatpants with the one leg up. Yep, he's the elder statesman. He's that guy. You know, like when, like when you go in some place and you're like, yo, I should go in there and buy that shirt. And, you know, your your friends look at you like, yo, you can't go in there. You're not allowed to Jimmy Jazz anymore. Yeah. Yeah, hyperactive. <laughs> chill. Hyperactive. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, Dr. J's? Nah, man, you better chill. You better go buy the, the, them C9 sweatpants and Target and stop playing. Go, go put on your doctors, C9. Stop playing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it should be. It's going to be interesting. I have a feeling that that match is going to end just terribly, and then we're going to get the match at Mania, and that'll be it. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that, I guess we pretty much knew that was going that way, but it's just like, who cares? It, it's not, it doesn't have, like, that same flair like years ago when it was, like, Hulk versus Iron Sheet. Right. Or Hulk versus Sergeant Slaughter. Like, it, it, you know, that, that's what they're trying to rekindle, but you know, whatever. Our friends at TNA are going back to Universal Studios Orlando to tape uh, TV tapings in February, March, and April. Is it terrible to say that TNA's gotten better since being on Destination America? Uh, let me tell you, I like the way that it's filmed. I, I kid you not. You can tell that they cut costs, but like it, it seems more friendlier. Like It just says, you know what, we're not WWE, fuck it, let's just do it this way. It's more gorilla, almost guerrilla style. Like I like it. But I like MVP you stable. Orlando, you don't like it? I mean, no, no, I do like it. I really do. I do like it. Like I said, it's better that way. But to go to Orlando, it's like I don't know. I I, I think you you lose the fans like that. You could you, you just tell that they're not they're not packing the house. Going back to the seat of the crime, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. They should have just kept the but, shows you know, at the at the Hammerstein, dude. They would have been they would have been all right. Even if it wasn't in a Hammerstein, you could, you know, test the market on the East Coast. Like, it's like no longer WWE territory since they're all over the place. The East Coast brings you your fan base. That's even, true. Even like, um, like even on the West Coast, like where uh, um, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is out there, they got a 
fucking huge fan base out there. Like, yep. go out there. You go to Orlando and it's like, Florida's like, ugh. It's not the 70s. The 70s, that's where it used to be a wrestling freaking state. It's not like that anymore. It's like, yo, you're down there competing against NXT. You're down there competing against NXT. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now you're going out there and it's like people who couldn't get on the Spider-Man the movie ride. Hey, look, we got TNA tickets. Oh, let's go in there. So... I was I was checking out the Wrestling Observer. They said that WWE might be dropping its numbering system for WrestleMania. If you notice, the new WrestleMania logo has like a play button, and the 32 logo has a blue star. So there's no numbers there. Oh yeah, because we want to trick the fans not to think that we're old. Pretty much. Yeah. Listen, guys, come on. This is it's work for the Super Bowl. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. They really don't. This is once again, once again, one of those things that Vince's idea of like trying to keep on, trying to stay with the time. It's like it, no one cares, dude. Just push out the product, and we know what it is anyway. It's not Pretty like much, you're, not, you're tricking us. Absolutely. <laughs> I will. I will say this. Uh, I, and this is very. This was very interesting. I read a an interview that Alberto Del Rio did about why he signed with Lucha Underground. And he was saying, you know, that they took good care of him and AAA, t- AAA took good care of him. And he said that TNA offered him a good deal, but, you know, he had to do the right thing by the business. And people were saying that Alberto Del Rio pretty much reinforced that nobody wants to go to TNA because they feel that that's where you go where your career is going to die. <laughs> it, well, I, I, didn't really, I don't really think they probably had the money. Well, Honestly, he said TNA really, offered him some I decent said, bread. Really? Yeah. I know that... Um, I, yeah, which is which is funny because if they were Lucha Underground, uh, the Young Bucks said that they the offer that they made them was insulting. <laughs> so I, it is it is weird to see what uh, uh, to know what Alberto I, El Patron got. I tell I tell you why their their offer wasn't that good because the Young Bucks are white. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fucked up, ah. but think about it. Think about that. Yeah, that's, 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 that seems feasible right there. Why? Why couldn't it be feasible? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that sounds like that sounds like it's about right. Because <laughs> it's like, yo, Alberto Del Rio. Let's be realistic. Yeah, he's a former WWE champion, but yo, is he really? Is he really packing the house like that? We're, I guess we're gonna no, find out, right? Even, yeah, even in you know, I see him and everybody's like, oh, he's signed to Ring of Honor, or he's who cares? No one cares. But that's that's what a, I'm saying. I mean, he's not a bad worker. He's just like, ugh, it doesn't matter. I don't know, dude. What, out, ever since he's been outside of WWE, he's been showing us a lot more. And I think that being in Lucha Underground, it's a natural fit for him, you know? Well, I guess it's because the, I guess the, 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 the look that we would have wanted should have been in WWE, but he's able to do it here. Right. Because at least it, 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 it's, it's tickling that whole, you know, maybe some illegal faction thing going on. But, um, I don't know. To me, he still—he—he he just still comes up a bit bland. I don't know. Well, he was also saying that WWE talents are making like five hundred dollars a night, and that he's making almost ninety percent of what he made working the independents than what he made in WWE, which is crazy. Which I, which I, which, which I, um, I understand, you know, because every, you know, WWE backs a lot of stuff, so they take a lot of, you know, their money back and whatever. Which I, which I. I said about the whole Justin Gabriel thing. He's going to be able to make, you know, recoup some money outside of the whole WWE thing. So I, these guys have pretty much an idea of what they're doing when it comes to finance. I did I did want to close out with um, an interesting bit of, of insight from uh, 
Remember Mark Madden from WCW? Whoa, that's a name we haven't heard from a long time. He was on the Jim Ross podcast. He said that uh, that the WWE, he feels that the WWE doesn't believe in Daniel Bryan. I I don't I, I don't believe that though. I, I I honestly believe that somehow some way WWE is going to honor the fans and and give them what they want. They'll do it again. Well, he also said that that you know the WWE doesn't want to invest more money into Brock Lesnar because there's not they don't feel they're getting enough of a return on their investment because Brock Lesnar wants to continue being paid the same per date and it's just like all right if I'm, we're going to pay you per date then you know we're going to use you a lot and I don't think Brock Lesnar wants to fucking play that yeah but this is not this isn't this is nothing new to WWE when it comes to Brock Brock has been like that since he even got into the business yep Brock has always been about money. time and time again you know he's like he's like yo this yeah. is my time and that's it yeah there's nothing new. There's nothing new. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to put over Roman Reigns strong. He's going to head back to either the UFC or Bellator, you know, hang out over there for a couple of years, and then come back to the WWE and be an, be an attraction like the Undertaker. Yeah. I feel like Andre. When Andre used to come back in town, come around for a couple of months and then leave again. Well, other than that, the only other thing I did want to add is that um, Jeff Jarrett at Global Force Wrestling can negotiate with Spike TV if they wanted to. Very interesting. Wow, I'm actually excited about that, man. I mean, I you know, I, you know, I I think he has a, a a a good shot of possibly you know giving a good run to the other promotions with the Global Force. I, I I I'm I'm excited to see what he does with that. Have you been watching the uh, the New Japan on Access? Yes, I I have, and it, it, it's a it's a wake up call to 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 people who who don't know what overseas wrestling looks like when in, in out there like what they what they do to compete. Yep. Like, it's, it's a sight to see, man. I'm just, you just hope that one day it comes across again to, to, the, to the United States and guys are able to like back it up. Yeah. You gotta, I think whether the, I think next week they're going to give uh one of Prince Devitt's matches. Oh uh, yeah. It, it, it's good to see that I've caught up to a lot of his stuff through YouTube, but not to see it like this is actually be pretty awesome. There you go. All right. So with that, we, uh, we're actually, wrapping up wrestling is there anything else you wanted to add uh guys don't give up on us don't give up on wrestling <laughs> like <laughs> they always find a way <laughs> it's like listen i you know i was upset when the whole twin referee occurred with andre and hulk hogan so and i i never lost faith so other than that uh, rage words my take radio we hit there you go thanks a lot brother i appreciate you calling it all right guys peace peace there you go, our very own Jay Santee. You can find him on Twitter at MTR, and, of course, on our Facebook fan page as well. All right, I think I've muted the mic enough, and uh, I think my sinus medication is starting to wear off, so let's wrap it up. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 269, which aired live Wednesday, uh, January 28th, 2015. My Take Radio will be back on air Thursday, January 29th at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for gaming and entertainment. You can follow us on Twitter at My Take Radio. Become a fan on Facebook. Add us to your circle on Google Plus. And you can also check out our galleries on Pinterest. And you can follow me on Instagram, RageWorks underscore Rich. As always, you can find archived episodes of the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. But if you want the best MTR experience, get the official My Take Radio app available for Android, iOS, and Windows mobile devices. 
For Android, you can find it in the Amazon Marketplace. For Windows, of course, you can go to the Windows Store. And for iOS, on iTunes. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys later. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. That's all, folks.